fucking cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Oh, my fucking cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Oh, my fucking cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Oh, my fucking cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Oh, my fucking cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Cut, we cut, we cut. Jeans and my cunt. That's jeans and my cunt. Um, I think, fucking, I forget his name. Is it uh, Matthew Miller that made it? I that? don't know, but it I really forget. is a treasure, a national treasure. It really is a great Happy song. Happy 4th of July. Yeah, this is a really fucking patriotic song. Yeah. I think it was George Bush that first played that song when he was in <laughs> office. The first George Bush, the elder one that just right. passed. He right. was like, jeans and my cunt. And <laughs> It was a big, big deal, so it's really... Well, if a candidate used that song as their campaign song... For 2020? Vote, yeah. You voting. I'm voting. Like, if Trump used this, I'd be like, you know what, bro? Like, you have my vote. Four more years, dog. <laughs> <laughs> you have good taste in music. You know how to pick a tune. That's mm-hmm. what I would tell him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this episode of Your Mom's House is brought to you by nice. Hymns. Uh, look, we're all getting older. All of us are every day, every moment right now you're sitting there and you're listening and you're just like, Hey, what's going on right now? Well, you're aging and you know what? It's not always a bummer. Okay. There's, there's certain things that happen, but there's certain things you can do. I'll tell you right now, 40% of men by age 40 struggle from not being able to to get and maintain an erection. It's not that weird. It's, It's only weird when you make it weird and when you decide to do nothing about it. If you're like, oh, this is my, this is my lot in life. I'm just the guy that just can't get an erection anymore. Well, no, you can still make a choice to do something and live a happier, more fulfilling life. Okay. So don't do anything weird. Don't, don't go to get the snake oil pills or, you know, the gas station stuff. This is not, it's not going to work. You need to turn to medicine and science. Okay. This is the truth. Be wise and check out Hims. Hims for Hims.com is the one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. This is really easy for you to do and give this a shot. You, you get well-known generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions to help you combat ED. This is prescription solutions backed by science. Stop being the guy that decides, oh, I'm just, I'm just going to sit around and wait till I get hard again. It's not going to happen. You got to make an effort. You got to try something, okay? Try it out. Stop worrying about multiple in-office doctor visits. No painful injections. Super easy. You just answer a few questions about your medical history and you chat with a doctor 
for a confidential review. If the doctor approves, products are shipped directly to your door. Being your best means performing your best, guys. Hard made easy. Say hello to your little friend once again. Try Hims for a month today for just five dollars. We'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies last. Prescription products are subject to doctor approval and require an online consultation with a physician who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. See website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash house. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash slash H-O-U-S-E forhims.com slash house. Mm, Gene, you and I travel a lot. And as you know, summer is upon us. People are going on vacation. And it is just a nightmare packing your toiletries, right? Because somehow it always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking. And forget it when your lotions explode all over the place. That's why Quip electric toothbrushes work just as well as home as home at home as they do on the go the compact and wireless design tucks easily in the corner of your carry-on or your back pocket if you're just spending the night plus the travel ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups isn't that you know what I absolutely love the Quip Travel because I do it. I put the cover on there and that way it doesn't get mashed into your lotions or your hairspray and everything else. It's got a three-month battery life that'll last through a season filled with weekend getaways and they're making it easier than ever to keep with your wake-up and wind-down routine uh, when you're out of office. So... Uh, you know what I love about Quip, Gene? It's got the two-minute timer pulses. Every 30 seconds, there it reminds you when to switch sides to help you clean your mouth evenly. And the best part, this is what I love the most about Quip, the brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. A friendly w- reminder when it's time for refresh and to stay committed to your oral health. You know how nasty it is people use the same toothbrush for a year? You know how wrong that is? Every time you get a cold, That's you should gross. switch it out. Every time you have some sickness, you got to switch it out. So that is uh, fantastic. Every three months, you really great have to. to me. It helps. It arrives and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the notification. Yeah, Durr. Uh, that's why I love Quip. So, well, um, sorry, I'm taking my Quip with us uh, when we go to Florida. You should. Yeah. I'm going to pack you? it in there, of course. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash mom right now, you can get your first repel pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P slash D-O-T dot com dot com slash mom. Can I read that last bit again? Sorry, I the typing so. is so small, you guys. I can, Josh, you got to print these out bigger. I'm literally not able to read. Yeah, Josh, can't you see? I can't fucking see it, blind guy. One more time. Uh, that's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash mom. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash mom. All right. And finally, this episode of Your Mom's House is brought to you by stamps.com. No one has time to go to the post office. You're busy. You've got, you know, who's got time for all the traffic, parking, luggage, all your mail and packages? It's a hassle. That's why you need stamps.com, one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses and people alike. You know, if you live your home and you, you got a lot going on, you don't have time to run out and do all this. 
No, of course not. Stamps.com eliminates that trip to the post office and saves you money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office right to your computer. Whether you're sending small office uh, supplies or you're sending invoices, you're an online seller shipping out products, or even if you're a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, you just hand it to the mail server or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. That's 40% off. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of one of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in MOM. That's stamps.com. Enter the code word mom. Uh-oh. This guy looks crazy. Do you know this guy? No, but okay. he looks interesting. <laughs> interesting is right. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Um, all right. He's going to say something crazy. I, I don't feeling. know. Let's just see. Let's get into it. It's the new episode. Your mom's house. Let's get. Let's party, Gene. Let's do it. Hey, Ready? You see Big Red in the background? <laughs> yeah, man. I know I told you. I got the fucking Visine. I got the red out. But I think she did some shit to my orange juice because I was fucking scratching the door 6 a.m. this morning. I'm like, yo, Big Red, come out. You can't handle the truth. That's what she said. Uh, Read my lips. No new taxes. Welcome. Welcome to your mom's house. <laughs> so weird. With Segura. <laughs> and Christina What the fuck is this? Yeah, that was terrible. Did you you didn't like that? Are you serious? Dude, what was that? Lips? We talked last week about how you wanted like a little more innovation and stuff, and you wanted, you know, you wanted to innovate with the intro. I thought that meant you wanted to go in a different direction. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with your mom's house. Read well, my yeah, lips. Well, read, no new, no taxes. new taxes. Was that I mean, Bush? Like, you know, it was experimenting, seeing what yeah, works. Yeah, but it, says, doesn't. it doesn't make sense for the listeners. Wasn't that Jack Nicholson from? From a few good men. I don't know where I got it from. You can't handle just, the truth. Oh yeah, that is where. Yeah, that's. Yeah, but we don't even play that. That's not a drop on the show, Nadav. Like, you know, but it's you... aggressive. You know, we're trying to. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with the show. Okay. You can't handle the truth. That's, that's so... what she said. Uh, Read my, oh my lips. God. You guys don't like the taxes. That's what fun. she said. Welcome to your mom. Your, that's what she said. Th- that's the best you can do. That's like an office joke. That's what people say around the Xerox machine. Right. I'm he- it's sounding We're like better this than is that. a miss. A miss? This is terrible. This isn't even remotely in the same stratosphere as what we want to be in. All right. This is a page one rewrite. I'll, I'll come back with something better next And then week. you have Tim. He put Tim Allen. Or do you Allen's. want to go back to classic? I yeah, mean, was that wait, Tim Allen? You can't even put Tim Allen. Was that Tim Allen? That's his trademarked yeah. sound. That's like putting in Larry the Cable Guy. We can't even play that in a dog. That's but not wait, even a Wait a minute. What is, uh, you think Tim Allen? I want to know the logic. Yeah. yeah. What Tim Allen going, <laughs> why? Because you're, you, you're laughing right now. Because I'm laughing at how bad of an idea it is. Right? This That's what you're so leaning dumb. on? Here's how bad this idea is? You know, is. it's dumb. It's fun. It's, it's funny. It's not fun. It's just you know? dumb. 
shit. That's like comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's like office. It's like office people humor. It's oh, that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. Such a dad you don't boner. Like that? Is that like for the dad boner? Oh, so this would have been better like a like a year ago when we were more in the dad boner. Phase? No, 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 no. This would have been bad uh, every day of every year forever. It's Boy, not this funny. Is, this is never a good day. This is devastating to hear. I was trying to be creative. And are you being serious? I mean, I thought. Okay, what's just the so answer you, know, you want to hear? No, the, the answer I wanted. What I thought, and I'm a, I'm sure what a lot of people thought, whether or not it's agreed upon. I thought we were getting our 12 minute intro today. Oh gosh! So, well, this well, I mean, is that's, that's, that's I thought we were tabling that. Why would we table that? Nobody wants I thought, it. I, I was just reading the room. I thought that's what. Nobody wants the 12 minute. Nobody. Okay, let me. Add, okay, I'm just gonna pull it up myself because I can't rely on you right now. Shit. So, oh, sorry. Uh, let's see. Change.org. Babe, that's a joke. It's not no, real. No, it's not an intro. Nobody really wants to sit through 12 minutes of that nonsense. Babe. I just want to say something. Okay. Yeah, what are the signatures at now? We're just under 6,000 signatures. All that's right. people who took time out a of their... more than, than last yeah, week. That, that wanted to uh, sign on. It looks like there's another petition here. Down with the fart mic. No. Uh-oh. Oh, and how's that one doing? Holy shit. Yeah, let's talk about the fart mic petition. That has 5,900 signatures. Oh, stop it. It that's does. A, that's an important issue. What? What are you talking about? Who are these people that don't like the fart mic? Are you being serious? No, that's crazy. Yeah. That's fake. That's fake news. It's not. It's I, not I don't fake. believe this. These are the same people who don't, who want a long intro. These are maniacs. These aren't the real listeners of the show. So, so wait, so for next week, what, what are we doing with the, with the intro stuff? Okay, look, experimental, I fucking didn't think you were going to... Okay, so I misinterpreted what you meant by when you said it. Okay. I, I just misinterpreted. I misunderstood. This is just a misunderstanding. I feel like we're having a lot of misunderstandings about this. I don't know. I don't know how to like. Honestly, yeah. I, I mean, I'm legit losing sleep over this. Like, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. So I should be really explicit probably, right? In, in explaining how it should go? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would think that if you were going to try something different, with the intro, you would use at least drops from this show and not George H.W. Bush giving a, a, a speech at the, uh, the fucking Republican. No, I mean, that's yeah, like I mean, 20 years then, old. What? Uh, then Tim Allen doing his pig man sound. And then that's what she said. Um, so maybe, maybe uh, stick to drops from this show. That would be a good one. Yeah, like the moose soup. Hey, you, got, you guys are doing good. There's only a, a thousand that yeah. are related to the that, show. That people really know. You know, maybe I'm just glass and I, I caught a moose. There you go. You know, or rub, or, rub, 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 rub. Got yeah. it. Okay, so YMH jeans references. Jeans up. Specifically. Yeah. I would say What's that. What's with the jeans? Like that, you Okay, know? stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. All right, so like, all right, YMH references. Okay, that's a lot more clear. I appreciate the direction. This whole thing. I don't know. Don't look at me. And I'm not getting rid of the fart mic. I fought long and hard for a fart mic, and it's not going anywhere, I will. Anywhere, look, folks. I am reluctant to admit this, but I'll pull it up right now. I'll pull it up. What? Um, I can't oh, tell you. First of all, I can't God. tell you how many people told me I said uh, Ben Salem wrong. There it is. There's the, uh, the poll I put up. How many votes? 18,000 people voted. 
<laughs> That's more than who voted in the last election in America. <laughs> 18,000 people. Of, and I, I, the, the question was, should we remove the fart mic from YMH studio? Of the 18,000 people who voted, 43% said yes over it. Nope. But 57% said no, I'm gross. Yes. See, and that's a lot of people. 57% is a lot of people. And see, I knew it. I knew it. Mm. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Thank you guys. I appreciate your support for my fart mic. Um, I think Tom's just a little jealous because he hasn't really done a lot of good work on the mic. And I think if you maybe improved your batting average, you'd feel differently about the fart mic, Tom. I probably would probably feel more positively about it too if I had a staff that could follow the intro okay well and lay off of him because you're also scaring the shit out of him you're very scary when you get mad right nadam and it doesn't encourage him I'm to not, be creative not if you're mad. terrifying i'm not mad yeah, but you're you don't understand how scary you are when you're even look at you like not, right now those hate daggers like it thank god i've worked on my codependency issues and therapy because i would internalize that as my fault like i would try to oh so scary you're very terrifying all right I don't want to hear anything like that anymore. Okay, he gets it. Okay. Can we please go on with the show? Yeah, let's go on with the show. Okay, so, so the, yeah, what are you going to talk about? Uh, well, look, I wanted to get into this guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the what the fuck with. was he even talking about? This guy is really one of my favorites. Um, what the fuck is he talking about is a great way to start <laughs> the conversation. He is, Uh-oh. he's on the beach, for those of you listening and uh <laughs> he looks like big time big time tommy what's his name uh, a little bit yeah i mean he's, he's like big fat red old guy <laughs> big fat red white guy isn't that a genre i don't of know old if he's white red. guys he, no he is he's he's a genre of big fat old white guy they just they get redder with alcoholism and with well, he's in the sun yeah he's yeah. in the sun yeah but he's also got a certain energy to him don't you think mm-hmm. do you think it's drugs or mental illness <laughs> My favorite game in the whole world. Because there's <laughs> one of the two is definitely going on. Because it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, go ahead and just yeah. like. Just, yeah, baby. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> you positive today? You better get out there and fucking rock this day. I already started 7 a.m., man. Hey, listen. Cheers, everybody. Uh, this is better than morning coffee. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. So he, but he just held up a can of Coors, right? No, or Corona. Corona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I didn't even know Corona came in a can. That's how I've never oh, even I never fucking seen that. Corona in it. Have you? No, <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't know that was. No. A, I literally, I just realized it. Like right now, it just hit me. Like I've only seen <laughs> bottles know. of Corona, That's and this so fucking true. psycho managed to find a can. Now here's the thing. I'm gonna go with alcoholism and drugs <laughs> because now here's the telltale. Yeah. The teeth are in good shape. He's got great teeth. He's got a great smile. No, he actually takes care of his physical appearance. I mean, yes, he's obese and yeah. red, <laughs> but other than that, he's uh-huh. got, you know, he takes care of him. He grooms his hair. So that, that yeah. rules out a little bit mental illness. Okay. Because the, the guys oh, that right. are like, you know what I'm saying? Like the, I'll make you come. Like that guy's clearly mentally ill. He doesn't have his teeth. He doesn't really take care of himself the same yeah. way that this man does. So this guy is employed. He's just, he a is. He actually yeah. owns a business. Oh, 
Did yeah. I nail it or what? Yeah. I'm getting good hey, at this. You, might, you see Big you Red in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I know I told you. I got the fucking Visine. I got the red out. But I think she did some shit to my orange juice because I was fucking scratching the door 6 a.m. this morning. She wants to get I'm away like, from oh, him. Big Red, come so, out. So I, I think I'm, what I'm deducing from this <laughs> is that the lady, he calls her Big Red. Right. And then he made reference to her in his own video and she gets up and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she I got to deal with this fucking lunatic all day. Because yeah. I was fucking scratching the door 6 a.m. this morning. I'm like, yo, Big Red, come out. Scratching at her door. That could have been like I was trying to get laid this morning yeah. or I was just like, yeah. you know, uh, I wanted to like just go do something. Yeah. But. He's one of those gross East Coast people. <laughs> like big time Tommy who's like, I keep scratching at the door. Yeah. I want to fall. Like, he, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. think they're being really funny and clever, but well, they're I mean, just being gross. He's and, positive though. No, I like him. Yeah. Not, All right, man. We're at the beach. Uh, we're having a good time. Corona's the waves. Yo, there was a pot of dolphins went flying by me. Oh, You'll see God. it later. Oh, shit. I had to swim in because they think I'm, I swim so gracefully and strong. They think I'm part of the pot. All right, baby. Rock and roll today. Woo! Oh, yeah. yeah. He works hard. He's blowing it off. Blowing off you the steam. You think so? Well, here's why I don't yeah. think he's working hard and blowing <laughs> off the steam. He's got a library of oh, videos. Fuck. And they're all like that. Oh, no. It's he's like not that just, guy. It's not just Sunday morning. Okay. It is it is all the time. <laughs> uh it's all the time. He's like the all the party guy. Oh yeah. This is like Bert in ten years. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Yeah, 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 man. Good afternoon, everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. Look, I got yo, my boy came from from San Fran to visit New York and he calls me up to to come to meet me. When I saw him he had a fucking Kool-Aid smile. He's like, This shit was from here to here. He couldn't believe it. What? <laughs> That's how he tells a story of like my story would go like so my friend wanted to come meet me. Yeah. He came from San Francisco and he yeah, he was really happy to be here. Yeah. <laughs> this is his version yeah, yeah, of that man. story. Good afternoon, everybody. <sighs> yeah, man. Look, I got yo, uh, my boy came from from San Fran to visit New York and he calls me up to to come <laughs> to meet me. When I saw him he had a fucking Kool-Aid smile. He's like <laughs> This shit was from here to here. He couldn't believe it. I told him he was coming from Brooklyn. He went to Manhattan. I'm in the Bronx, man. That shit's a hike. So yeah. he said, there's on the train. I said, get off, bro. I'll pick you up, man. I picked him up from the train. So he had the Kool-Aid smile. He couldn't believe it. But this is the way I am, man. Tell him. Ask him. I think he's TikToked. <laughs> I love TikTok. Dude, you got to open an account, bro. You got to start uh, putting these on TikTok. Yeah, this is. I this. took them all around. You saw Blondie yesterday. Oh he said, God. man, that girl's pretty. I said, yeah, I was a fucking overachieving my whole life. I always overachieve. I, I sometimes pitch myself. Yo, you fat. You fucking getting bald. How you get nice looking girls? Because like, my parents told me I was good looking. So I think it. I don't care. Can I tell you That's what, actually a good point right No, there. he's right. He's, he's on point. You believe what you're told about yourself. But like that, yeah. that actually has a, that's a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. When you tell people things and you, and you put it in their head and they believe it. Yeah. Like he said, he has enough self-awareness. He's like, I'm not a fucking supermodel, but in my head, I believe it. I believe no, you're looking. It's a very good philosophy. Yeah. I'm exhausted listening to him. What part? What part? Like, don't people like, <laughs> oh I have so much anxiety. <laughs> Just watching Dude, him. Pull up his wait, Instagram. Can I tell you something, Gene? Yeah. Because when I hear him talking, I'm imagining that I have to listen to it. Yeah. Like that he's got. There's me. a woman with him. Yeah. 
all day. <laughs> like, I imagine I'm a hostage to this nonsense, yeah. and then I have to be like, yeah, yeah, that's wait. He came and he had a Kool Aid smile. Like I don't even know what the Kool Aid smile means. Or, and he, he tells you all his dumb stories. Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, aren't you a bit envious that he's this excited over? nothing of course yeah. that's the part where i was saying drugs are mental illness yeah yeah it's <laughs> fucking i wish i could just get this stoked over picking my friend up Shit, at the do airport you remember the name of his instagram jesus christ with this guy oh my god Fuck. god damn <laughs> i'm it, dropping dude. the ball left and right today guys sorry what is going on with you it's a holiday week you know it's just everything's so it's your haircut yeah you got sorry. a tiktok haircut now you're <laughs> acting all tiktoked Big time Tommy. Are you looking yeah. for him right now? Yes, man. It's like organic laundry or something. It's pure organic dry cleaning. Oh, he's that's the business. Yeah. God damn it. Oh my gosh. This guy on the Bronx, yeah. There, there, he there is. it is. He's on Instagram at pure organic dry cleaning. Oh my god. Dude, oh my god. This is him all day. Every, every day. every post he's thoroughly stoked about nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Uh. Let's go, baby. 6 a.m. Let's get up there. Fucking dope, no, man. Hey, listen. No. I got a mirror in my house. It's fucked up. When I look in that mirror, I tell people that shit winks at me and just go get a good looking. Fucking, oh, I'm fucking out of my mind. Now, I got this fucking head my boy made for me and I got it hanging from the mirror and that shit's talking I, to I me. I can't. It's called me. I can't. <laughs> Like, but to me, I'd rather hey, watch. Hey, good evening, everybody. All right, man. Listen, I'm done. I'm exhausted. I need a nap. No, literally. hey, good afternoon, everybody. <clears throat> hey, you know what? I got some Canadian followers. Oh my God! Please, I'm so I tell you, people, I fucking love everybody, man. Everybody, I go. I told you, take me out country western night. I put fucking straw between my teeth and I'll be fucking line dancing. Yeehaw! Do you think though is he's that on, he's on is drugs. that the ghost of of Christmas future for Bert? You think that yeah. that's kind of like what he's gonna yes. be like? Yeah. Like when, in a few years, he'll be like, you know, this touring is too much, but I, I like going out. I like drinks. And he'll just start like just no putting out no. Positive. What it is is the kids are in college, mm -hmm. and he's he and Leanne are going to go on the bus, and this is just what he's going to do now that oh, he's on the bus. No responsibility. Yeah, this guy is so exhausting. I hate him. Like I'd hate to be with him. I can't. I'd rather watch TikTok all day long and he's find Portuguese. the people I find. He's Portuguese. Yeah, I know. I'm sure he's very proud of it, and he has to tell you that. <laughs> You know, I'm from Brazil. Nice. I'm uh, from Portugal. Yeah. My parents came over when I was two years old. I speak Portuguese. Yeah, you kind of got I it. I know. He's going to do that whole thing. Hey, you got the... He's so... Portugal pride, baby. This, this level of energy oh, is so yeah, foreign yeah, to me, me that I can't even I can't even mimic it. I don't like you it. You know what I mean? Like, I can't pretend. Like, I can do uh, a little bit like, how you guys doing this big time time? Yeah. I can do him a little bit. He's a little more subdued. Yeah. Um... He's but manic. this guy, yeah, this guy it's is cocaine. Is, is manic energy. You think he's on cocaine? Yeah, it's cocaine. It's a combination yeah. of cocaine and TikTok together. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Look at every single hey, fucking one of these. I'm out here at the beach. Yeah, he's always Pick out another, here. Oh, look at his hair, how white his oh, hair is there. God. Oh shit, because you can see that he darkened it right after. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Nice and easy. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's a good day to be father. Every day's a good day to be father. But today's extra special, man. It's beautiful out. Hey, June tenth, Monday, I'll be at the Yankee Met game. Shh. Shh. Good. What do you, you want me to say hi to you? Like I'm at the Yankee Met game. Everybody say hi to me. I'm on Instagram. Uh.
Holy vey. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. This guy's exhausted. He's a cute fat guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He is, but I will give him. Can I tell you something? I do love cute little old fat guys. Like, yeah. I do think he's cute and he's adorable, and I probably would like him in real life. You probably would. Like, I'd hug him and be like, hey, crazy You probably have to apologize for half the shit you've I said know, about him. I know, but he does get exhausted. Like, I picture myself having to fly across the country. <laughs> yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's okay. What's this? I just want to see that we can close it after this. I want to see. I'm done. I'm done. Hey, this is a positive here. I got a special guest today, no. man. All the way from Bensonhurst. This is my, This is the best man here. Vincenzo. Look at no, no child labor. I could verify it. Pure organic. You bring whatever oh, there you want is. here. Two day turnaround, maybe even sooner. Come from Brooklyn for this. I'm done. I'm done. All the way from Bensonhurst. Where's that? Like, that's another part of the Bronx or something. It's like down the corner and they joke about it. Like, he came all the way from Harlem. Ah! But it's the same neighborhood. It's not the same neighborhood. You know what I, you know yeah, what I mean? I know what you mean. It's like, he came from Santa Monica. Yeah. To the valley. Yeah. Okay. They love being like representing areas and stuff. Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like you wanted to put an end to that fun we were having. I can't. I can't. He shuts me down. Okay. That's too bad. It's too bad. Damn, baby, good morning, everybody. Oh my god. <laughs> um. All done. Thank you. Should we update our uh, our fetish friends <laughs> <laughs> for uh, update? You ready? Sure. So um, we got first. We got update. We both got messaged by our initial um, contact K. Remember? Yeah. She messaged, uh, got kicked off of Instagram. D- doing her foot fetish. Yeah. Got, they, they shut what it down. What was she selling? Photographs? She was selling photographs. Well, she, but it was just like photos. And then she was like, DM me for custom work. Mm-hmm. And Instagram just like shut it down. Mm-hmm. But what we've learned is that uh, Twitter's a lot more forgiving. Take it to Twitter. <laughs> Take it to Twitter. Twitter's a cesspool. You can sell buckets of jizz on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> they are ready. They don't care. Twitter has zero community guidelines. Yeah. Right? Yep. They'll show the cucumber challenge all day, every, every day. Also was a message by a number of guys <laughs> are like, I'm giving the foot thing a try. <laughs> um, yeah. They're selling their, they're trying to pay those bills. With so, their feet, with guy feet. Yeah. There's what? like a whole, we inspired a whole community <laughs> as what the message that i got oh that's wonderful yeah so uh yeah you you know i think you have to be careful you know i was surprised we had our pre-show meeting and potter was like really laying the law down on how this is supposed to go and he said you know (laughs) the correct hashtags are what's important so (laughs) i think he's gonna do a little tutorial maybe on what you should be doing that's a great idea and then i think we should have all the boys show us their feed and we can see who's the the nicest foot model oh fuck i'm gonna throw up (laughs) I want to puke. Who do you think has the worst feet of the people that work here? Um, mm. Definitely Blue Band, right? Well, you, you know, my suspicion always would be Josh on everything. I know. But then he, you know, he would be the first to admit it. And he he said, actually, he, he said that his were all right. So that means I, I believe him. See, but Josh, he, would, he wouldn't say it if it weren't true. You're right. And I do think that Josh hooks up with women and therefore yeah. has to be a little cleaner than. Yeah. I mean, and he hooks up. So I think his feet are probably okay. So you're trying to say that... Uh, I don't know. Nadav, how many chicks are you hook up? I just never hear you talking about your love life, so I don't know. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, I kind of keep it personal, but yeah. I do hook up with women. Wow. And my feet are not a deal breaker. Oh, wow. 
There he's, you go. He's got that. He's got like red toe hair. Yeah, probably. He's, he's got red hair. Yeah, that red toe hair. It's a little webbed. <laughs> you have web feet. I got some webbings. Yeah. I knew it. Um, are you guys gonna start, start selling uh, <laughs> custom videos? Ugh. I yeah. mean, yeah, if there's a demand for it, I'll totally make some extra money on this. Feet by blue. <laughs> I wonder which one of you guys would sell the most. I really uh, do. Of, of those guys? Oh, I know who has the worst feet. Who? It's got to be Chris. Do you think so? Yeah. Why? Because I just believe it. <laughs> I think anything that you're like, I wonder who's, who's he's going to be the guy standing in the back. Yeah. Who in his head he's like, oh, I'm definitely, the, I've definitely got it worse. I think so. And then, yeah. And I, and then, like when it's time to show, he's as long as you put like a a bed or something on it, he'll be like, see, give me that money. Mine are the worst. <laughs> Remember his ball hair? Yeah, it's that's like what nine inches. That's long. what makes me think it might be him, mm-hmm. Chris, because he had the longest, yeah, longest yeah. pube, which means he's not Dude, really paying attention. Fucker had a pube like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's nasty as hell. Now your feet are nice though. I have nice feet actually. So do I. Mine yeah. are great. Speaking of feet, I I went. I snuck out of the house. We were gone this weekend, and yeah. I was alone with the kiddos. And I snuck out to go get a Chinese foot massage at this local place, and it was kind of dicey. Like I walked in, they were still doing construction. Construction. <laughs> I, yeah, it was like, you know, yeah. whatever, put off plastic. Anyway, I walk in, and the lady behind the desk, and uh, she goes, "You want." male female and i go female she goes we have a male <laughs> and i was like okay male and I, I normally don't like getting massaged by men is she spanish i was just trying to peg the maybe accent maybe a little yeah, yeah. They, they, they said oh, tibetan foot massage any mm-hmm. hoodles i'm very skeptical of a male masseuse i don't I generally don't like them mm-hmm. and uh, the whole time i'm like when's this guy gonna do something weird you know really I've never been there yeah. really so he starts you're offending so many why like, male, sure. oh, the male masseuse community Dude, you got, yeah whenever you i'm not a pervert i don't care yeah i don't care so anyway he's rubbing both my shoulders right i'm sitting up in the chair and he's rubbing my shoulders and then all of a sudden i feel one hand lift right and now there's only one hand on one shoulder yeah so in my mind i'm like oh he's probably jacking his dick you really thought that? I 100% do. That he's just going to stand there, rub yes. his shoulder, and jack his dick? Yes. Because <laughs> that's, that's what guys do. That's how nasty men are. Rub Shoulder rubbing? 100%. But then I reminded myself, I was like, you know what? In my the history of my life, I've never seen a Chinese guy masturbate in public. I've only ever seen old homeless white guys doing it. And then in my head, I was like, so Asian like, this guys isn't, are not perverts. This isn't an old homeless white guy. Therefore, yeah. he's probably not jerking. Because I'm, you never. How, how many times have you ever seen like a Chinese guy jerk off in public? It's just not culturally. They don't do that. That's true. I haven't seen that. Right. Yeah, I've seen a black guy take a shit. <laughs> right. And I've seen, yeah, I've seen a white guy play with himself and piss and shit. Yeah. White guys do that. It's stuff. usually white guys. Yeah. It's not the Asian it's community. It's part of our appeal. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the Me Too stuff. Yeah. All horny white guys. Pretty much. Not one Asian guy in that mix. I haven't, that seen, I actually know haven't seen an Asian guy See? in the mix. See? But his uh, he did a really great job, and I'm going to go back to him again. Because Oh, so what happened was it wasn't that he was jerking off. He was using two hands on one shoulder, and then he would switch and do two hands but on let's, the other. Let's have a real conversation about this. I, I thought we did. No, no. I'm saying, let's say your suspicions are confirmed. Yeah. And you turn and he's he's giving you a nice shoulder rub <laughs> with one hand and jacking off with the other hand. <laughs> do you say anything or do you just let it go? No, I get up and I, I go, hey. 
I really? go, whoa. And I go, hey, dude. Hey, dude. That, you hear, when I get panicked when something happens, I usually go, hey, hey, dude. And then I get up and I, I would get up and leave. Yeah. I would I would not. You would let him finish? Yeah. If it was a really good massage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if it was, if I was like, Jesus, man. Oh, I'm really sinking into like falling yeah. asleep. And then he's like, almost done. Like, <laughs> and I, and I noticed and I just noticed he's just like, he's like, I'm not going to shoot it on you. I'm just going to shoot it over in the corner. Well, that's the big question. Cause yeah. then that's, that's what I kept thinking. If, if he, he shoots is, it on you, that's super disrespectful. Right. For sure. But if he just turns and is like, oh, it's over here. Well, that's what I was thinking when I was thinking that he was masturbating. I thought, well, where's he going to finish? Well, in my that's head, problem. in my head, I'd be like, if I notice him masturbating, I would just go, he needs to get one out. Like I would understand. I'd have empathy. I'd be like, he's, he's backed up. He's really got to clear it out. Wait, do you think he could do it at a better time? He could, but I'd be no. like, he must really need to get this one out. So I forgive him. Would you forgive a guy for doing that? No. No. <laughs> if he's jerking off, but he's like, he's doing a really good job on your neck. With the like, other hand, he's really getting like, in there. Oh, man. I mean, if great. I can't see it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'd be well, like, all right. Okay. Man. And I will. You can't hear it. Well, right. and I, I wouldn't, I was, I will admit that because I couldn't hear it. And you can tell when a guy's jerking off because the rest of them shakes ever so slightly. And I was like, well, I don't feel, I don't feel like the shake. So I'm like, it's definitely not that. I feel like you have some real intuition about <laughs> how the body shakes ever so slightly. I know that because, like, you know, you've I've been around dudes, you know, jerking off a lot <laughs> since I was 15. I'm, I mean, I've seen I've seen Latino guys jerking off in church when I was in Mexico. In I saw, church, I saw a man masturbating in a church in Mexico. Was he being chill about it? Or trying to? Was he? Like, mean? Was he like? Yeah, he was like trying to look. I was like 12. So he was, uh. he was making eye contact and masturbating. I've seen a guy in Hungary on a bus jerking off. I've seen white homeless guys. My nigga, what? Hey. What? What, what was that for? Guys jerking off. Okay. What am I supposed to? <laughs> Anyways, but I've never seen an Asian guy be pervert. Never. I've never had that. What the fuck is going on, my guy? <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. Jerking off. It's so weird when guys do that in public. Why? <laughs> uh, oh, I've seen a guy do it in the car. Remember in Redondo? Oh, White yes, guy. Yes. Never Asian. Yeah. Never Asian. Um, and then you saw an interesting dick yesterday. Holy shit. Holy shit. I saw one at school. Yeah. I went to pick up our older kid. He's in class. Yeah. And one of the other kids' dads yeah. was wearing gray, loose sweatpants. It was a birthday party. And yeah, it was yeah. his kid's birthday. That's why the parents I was trying to leave there. out specifics. Oh, sorry. You know? Like, that's kind of how. Well, why will all the parents be at the school? I don't know. But, that, I mean, like, you don't have to paint. I just thought it was interesting that he chose to wear what you're going to say at a like a, an event not just, it wasn't just a casual pickup is what i'm saying like a cursory like hey yeah get my kid go out that's a different outfit i guess i mean i didn't think the outfit was that oh, unusual it's different the okay. outfit was only unusual because he has an animal in between his legs like the dude had you ever you ever go in a pool and seen a a noodle like a thing you can sit on yeah like in a pool it's like a pool toy yeah he had one of those 
between his legs. Oh my God. This dick, I'm not kidding you, man. It looked, it almost looked like it had the consistency of a three quarters hard dick, but it was totally flaccid. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it was Mm -hmm. thick. It was like flapping around. And he was there, like, I was there for 20 minutes. But so, he was wearing sweatpants. Dude, and every time he moved, his, wow. his dick, and he would he would bend down by the kid and stand up, and then his dick would pop up like this. And I was like, I, was, I kept looking at the other adults, like, are you guys seeing this fucking thing? You guys see how big this guy's dick is? I thought somebody was going to say something, like, hey, man, you need to step Like, outside. sir. Yeah. Well, because he clearly wasn't wearing panties. Dude, put some jeans on or something. You got to tie that thing down. Because he knows. He's got to know. Of course he knows. Yeah. Of course he knows. I think he, I think he does it because he, in, not at school, but I think in, in life in general, he probably wants people to know, you know? Clearly. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think it's like a... It was. It seems like it's something you would do as a flex, or you know, he's got. He's probably in his forties. He's just like, this is how I live. I've lived like this. Yeah. For was he Asian? Nope. See. Nope. See. No, you're definitely on point with your Asian analysis. Yeah. <laughs> but he should have worn underwear under the sweatpants if he knew that's what he was packing. He might have had like super loose underwear on. He could have had that on. Boxers. But this was like, it. It was. <laughs> It was a distraction. Like, I almost said happy birthday to his dick. Like, I was so distracted. You're like, blow out the candle? Yeah, I almost went like that to it. And I also, like, I immediately kept looking down at myself. You know, I was like, Jesus. It's got to be six times the size of it. Six times? I mean, it it seemed like it. Yeah. I wish I... Why didn't I go to school with you? I wish I would have Oh, my God. We would have had such... I I never wanted you to be with me more. I I, I could picture me just being like... And then you would have noticed it and been like, like, I can't think of anything else right now. I know. Yeah. Well, because I've seen big dicks in public like that under... In public. All your stuff. Because men are disgusting. Where do you see the big dicks in public? big dicks me too in public. I've seen... Remember the guy in Miami? We were on the beach one time. Yeah. He kept playing playing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And flopping it It wasn't like this though. That was not like... I remember that. the Puerto Rican guys on the beach in Miami, they run and they run... And their dick shorts, you know, I like it. <laughs> and their medallions, they fly up and hit them in the face when they run and stuff. <laughs> it is, it is a Puerto very Ricans. Puerto Rican choice yeah. to have shorts and chains. They do, and they jog on the beach shirtless with the chain and the, and the, dicks the moving. dick shorts. That's yeah. why I like them so much. Yeah, The combination of the two? I do. I think it's really? cute. What's, what's cute about it? It's just, it's not a look you see on the West Coast, but yeah. when I'm in florida i appreciate it I'm like, you're oh, like oh nice. it's puerto rican dick shorts yeah with chains yeah. i don't mind seeing swinging dicks around i mean it didn't yeah. bother me yeah i just thought i guess the setting was like this is a school Not- <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was just like dude i mean i'm telling you <laughs> i tried to show you i tried to catch some video oh i saw <laughs> but that didn't fully capture what yeah. was going on i mean to give like I'm telling you, this thing was like this thick, okay? And hanging was like six, seven inches long. A fucking hammer on him. It's crazy. Now now I know why his wife kind of has a limp when she walks. I always wondered. Now I understand. He knew. You think he knew what he was doing there at school? I don't think he was thinking about it at school. Uh, Let me tell you, because I've got big big monster tits, right? Yeah. And I've, I've had them pretty much my whole life. And I know when my boobs are out 
and when people can see them if i you know like you you're conscious you're cognizant of that stuff yeah he knows he's just Hmm. nasty yeah maybe should report him report what do i do do i go to the principal i I just want to tell you something you know what's his name's dad he's got a real big dick (laughs) and he's not shy about letting us know and then she'll be like did he expose himself nope I uh, just think it was pretty obvious. <laughs> and then she questions all the other people and they're like, we didn't notice anything. It's just you. <laughs> yeah. yeah that'd be the I'm best. like, I, uh, <laughs> believe me, I couldn't How have been the only not? one. How do people not notice that kind of stuff? I feel like that's all I notice in the world. Dude. It was like, I, I almost wanted to pull him aside and be like, come on, man. Yeah. Like here. Fucking dick. At school. Yeah. These are kids. I know. Yeah. And they're all their heads are all they're all dick height for him yeah here's the other thing he is a (laughs) shorter super skinny guy so he's probably super skinny yeah Yeah. he's probably five i don't know maybe five eight really yeah and like 130 maybe 140 pounds really really slender built very skinny guy amazing yeah you would never know fucking sledgehammer on him yeah yeah well can you do? I kind of want to see if um, maybe him and his wife sell videos, custom videos. <laughs> Should you ask? Yeah, I'll be like, do you guys have like a Instagram or anything? And you're like, <laughs> you guys on for the what? Gram? Just like, I don't know. Do you guys ever, <laughs> you guys take requests or anything? Like for videos? <laughs> We're such douchebags. Do you realize what? that? That we only notice the horrible things in life. Like a normal person would have been like, Oh, that guy's dick is out. I shouldn't look. You were like, I, I'm going to take a video so that my wife can see it later. <laughs> like real moist. <laughs> I think that's why we found, like, we found each other, you know? Yeah. Because you're yeah. the only, I always. You're going to tell me I ain't never fucked your mom. <laughs> because I love the awful things in life, too. Yeah. Like, I seek out the awful, and I love it. So I appreciate your yeah, work. This, babe, that's the whole foundation of this show. <laughs> that's why we have a podcast. It's everything you're describing right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, um, we have a lot to get to. Can we show my TikToks for God's sakes? All right. Um, I've been curating these painstakingly. Hold on. What? No, I just want to make sure that we... Uh, <clears throat> do we have time for everything before we... Because we got a break here in a moment. Yeah, I'd say we could spend about five or ten minutes on this. And then we have to get to the thing that we prepped as well. What thing that we prepped as well? <sighs> do I have to write it out for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we can do that, no, whatever yeah, we, you we want. We have about 20 minutes till the next guest comes. Okay, okay, okay. So let's let's do quickly. You tell uh, me what you want okay, to do. Let's go. I heard you bitches was looking for me. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's uh, Christina's TikTok segment, which is uh, has exploded. <laughs> it has its own Instagram following, and um, people uh, listen. The people appreciate it. really respond to my curations, and I wish you would too. All I'm saying is I've Dude, shown you some good things. Okay, I have let, to let's hear these get, fucking TikToks. Let's get right into it. Okay. How many suicides does it take to realize that what you say online fucking matters? So he mouthed that. 
That wasn't right. actually him saying it. That oh. was uh, recorded. Okay, People I was say, say that. he's pretty bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the key to a good TikTok yeah. video is being bad at mouthing. Well, yeah. it took me a while. I was trying to sync it, and then I realized <laughs> it was impossible. I thought it was just out of sync, and it wasn't. <laughs> You're like, holy shit. This is terrible. <laughs> Okay. My dinner, my dinner, my dinner is getting cold. I'm gonna eat it now. I'm sorry. I'm not talking too long. Okay, bye. Well, his dinner looks good. He's got iron. check. Fuck ICP. <laughs> I was around when they were in their prime and they sucked then. Yeah. Fuck all this bullshit clown crap. Okay. I can get behind this guy. Yeah, I get behind him. <laughs> I like him a lot. I like him. I will say that there's a lot of variety in this batch. Like, we're, yeah. we're seeing all the lanes. Yeah. To my husband, Thor's Pizza Rolls. I want steak, eggs, bacon, and another cup of coffee when I get home. Whoa. Love you. She's got Josh Potter eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Those are a lot of gums, too. All right. Many gums. All right. Not all of us are the grandchildren of the witches you didn't burn. Some of us are the spirits of the witches that you did burn. I, I just keep quiet. Oh, by the way, can I? Don't forward. You're not appreciating. Go ahead. You're just go. We remember. Yeah, she's gonna get you back. Did you uh, get okay. that? Did you pay attention to what she said to you? She's gonna get you back. Yeah, I got it. Do you know how hard it is to find these gems? You're just dropping them on the floor. You know how hard that was? Oh, this one's my favorite. I just wanted to tell you something. <sighs> I opened. I opened a TikTok because she sent me one, a horrible one, <laughs> and I swiped. And then, and I swiped and it was like some girl who was, you know, singing like a, just a regular girl. And then I'm like, oh, I swiped again. Dude, I couldn't find anything like this. Like in a hundred swipes, <laughs> nothing, not one. That's what I'm saying. My curation is special. <laughs> yeah. I wish you would fucking just give it the love. Okay. This guy's my favorite. I, let's try to figure out what's going on here. Cause I'm not sure. Okay. Just go ahead and play this. One. Hey princess, you look down. Are you okay? Did somebody hurt you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You need clothes from daddy? Come here. So, I know, it's creepy. He does these series of things where he's like, hey, princess, you look like you need what? a hug. And then what accent is that? I don't know, but it's what he, that's what he's doing. And he goes, hey, princess. And then he's like, do you want a piece of candy, princess? Here you go. All right, this may be unbelievably it's, uncomfortable. I know. That's the whole point of TikTok. You're not to make yourself to, uncomfortable? That's why I like it. That's why I like it. Because I... Oh, boy. Oh. No, we're going to skip over this guy. Really? Why? There's, I think there's music in here. Here, I'm going to mute it. Okay? Just mute it. Okay. Yeah. You're a sadist. Oh, oh he's doing a line. Yeah, he's mouthing along to a, to a movie, I think. Okay. Well, I didn't know I couldn't... And he's, uh, he's a leather daddy. He's got a... Yeah. A leather vest on, <laughs> sleeveless leather vest, no shirt, and he's got like a camo hat and a beard, yep. and he kind of looks like me if I took better care of myself. <laughs> and if you took poundings in your beard. <laughs> yeah. Dudes. Oh, this one's good. She's uh, back. Good she's morning, back. everybody. Today's Saturday. It is really nice out here. To all my family and friends, I want you to have a blessed day and be safe. Me and my family, we're going to a movie. I don't know what we're going to see. Then we're going to go to Applebee, and then I'm going to come home to rest. I'm spending time with my grandkids and my son. Sounds like a good day. But yeah, that's <laughs> nice. She's a nice lady. God damn it. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for a TikTok wife. If you're 18, uh, I'd be open to talk to you oh. in the corner and tell me about yourself. 
<laughs> well, no. you know, I, I see that as an open invitation for you. <laughs> I'm not 18. You got your over 18. Much over 18. Maybe he'd like that. Now, he's got the makings of a cool guy. Look at the smoke detector in the back. <laughs> Angles. <laughs> The proposal's absurd. It's an absurd request for him. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with y'all? <laughs> oh, please. Okay, okay, here he's back again, Lily. I know you like him. Hello, I'm making dinner. I'm making dinner. Pancakes, eggs, and sausage. Talk to you in a few. Okay, bye. I like him, though. He's sweet. Okay, bye. Oh, this one's neat. Yeah. I'm making tacos for dinner. It's gonna be good. Yummy. <laughs> She's funny, right? Do you realize <laughs> you're probably causing listener suicides right now? Why? I mean, do you think that people want to hear this? Of course they do. They've been writing that they love Is it. Is that the end of it? All right, That's let's, it. <laughs> let's, before we show, the, will you show her the video that I sent you? So we give her like mm. a little back and forth. Okay. Wait, you know, the tree one? trimming. Oh, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. You got to see this. This, this is wild. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, here's my TikTok. Is it your favorite? Okay. Your okay. All right, here we go. Volume up. Free trim. <gasps> what the fuck happened there? <laughs> Everybody. Okay. Oh, Everybody's mortified, Tom. Yeah. That was terrible. I know. Never see someone's head get knocked off. Did it get really knocked off? Yeah. No. Yeah. <gasps> oh, you're right. Dude, his head got knocked off. <gasps> Babe, this is terrible. I can't unsee this. <gasps> it legit did. You're being serious. Oh, wait, is it? Oh, Dude, I thought just the helmet went off. Bro, his head is gone, bro. Oh. No. Or his neck is snapped off for sure. Is it off? Is it severed? Dude, it, lo it looks off from here. Yeah. <laughs> I prepped this really quickly this morning. I thought it was just the helmet. Yeah, let's just get off of this frame. There you know, is it not just the helmet? Uh, it's at least the helmet. <laughs> at least? <laughs> Wait, but you can't tell? You really can't tell in slow-mo? Can you tell? Oh. <gasps> Is his head severed? Yeah. Here, we're going frame by frame. Here, okay. okay. All right. So there's a helmet on. I hear Josh laughing the hardest. <laughs> okay. There's... There is the helmet. Right. The helmet's flown off. And then what's that thing above his head? This looks like no neck, no head over yeah. there. Ha 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 ha. Is it real funny, Tom? Whoops. Yeah. I thought, it was, I thought it was... I saw it at full speed. I thought it was a helmet loss. Oh, maybe that's his head. Jesus. <laughs> okay, at least I just like, I like TikToks on TikTok. You like This is my TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's right, take a let's, list, let's, listener let's, poll. Who's more messed up, Tom or me? Definitely. Yeah. In our viewing habits. Oh, yeah, so we got to play this highlight oh, here. OMG. So one of the big things that came out of the Theo episode from a few weeks ago, obviously, you know, a big Theo gate. Uh, Big he came episode. Here. Yeah, a huge episode. It was a good time. But there was one interaction where you told him when you actually first met him. When you met him, it was years ago. I think it might have been like on a challenge or something. So it was after my season of Road Rules in the in the 
late 90s. And what happens is, so Theo was in a season of Road Rules after me. And what happens to, to promote the new, the current season that's airing, the season before goes to challenge the current season. So it's like a way of passing the Road Rules yeah. baton. And so that's how I met him the first time. And in you, the late and you 90s went into the specifics. To Mexico. Okay, you went into specifics though. Guadalajara. You went into specifics on this, during this segment of your like, when I met you, I actually remember like holding your dog for a moment. That's right. Because that's what I remembered of meeting Theo the first time. Cause I'm a dog lover mm -hmm. and I never forget a face when I meet a dog. I love them so much. And he had an adorable chihuahua but on, on the, the Winnebago. Okay. But on when he came here and you brought it up, that's right. He vehemently denied that, which was so bizarre because I remember wanting to hold his dog and then he wouldn't let me hold it. And I was like, this is so weird. And, and I was surprised the producers let him have a dog on road rules, honestly. Yeah. So, well, so I remember here's, it. Here's a reminder of here's how this interaction went with between you two on the, on your mom's house. You had a chihuahua, a little dog. Do you remember that little doggy you had? Somebody must have lent me it. <laughs> Are you serious? And, and oh, I, yeah, I remember. Because I've never had a small animal like that. I mean, I've had a lot of smaller animals, but nothing that you size. You did have a chihuahua. And I remember I was like, he's not letting me pet the dog because the dog was real skittish. And you're like, don't know. Don't, don't pet this dog. Oh, it's I've skittish. never had that. So that wasn't even me. But that wasn't. Oh my God. So that wasn't I mean, me. and I thought I was going nuts because he kept denying. I thought, gosh, well, maybe, maybe I was wrong. And I was, and then. But then almost immediately when the episode came out, this was sent to us. Yeah. Someone sent it to me and the, and the, and the hashtag was believe women. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. And that is, uh, what? that used to be his profile And that's picture. the dog. That's yes. the dog that's I the met dog. in Mexico when we met Theo and the cast. So all I can say is that Theo gate ends, but Chihuahua gate just started begins let chihuahua gate begin let it let the conversation <laughs> begin so hmm. i don't know what's going on there i would like to get to the bottom of that of chihuahua gate what's going on with chihuahua gate man i don't know let the conversation begin it's so bizarre all right. all right well why is he hiding that chihuahua i don't know what do you think happened I there i don't know dude speaking of wild shit you <laughs> have got to see this clip now i don't know how the audio will translate but the video <laughs> uh -oh. is really something um this guy what? is bathing uh -huh. fully in a septic tank why because he's a cool guy <laughs> oh look at him oh it's fetish he... <gasps> oh i'm gonna throw up Tell the people what's happening, though. I don't want who are to. Listening. I don't like it. It's a guy wearing like a fetish mask and the fetish plastic outfit. Uh -huh. And he's in a pool of caca and peepees. And he's bathing it. And he's rubbing his eyes because the eye holes are open. He's like bathing in caca. I mean, in in oh, huge. I can't. I cannot. A huge pool of diarrhea and shit, piss, vomit, everything. He's oh, just rubbing and it on he's his rubbing face. it on his face, and he's got the eye holes cut out of that mask, so th that's going in his. He's got a pink eye for sure, at the least, Ooh. if not hepatitis. Thank you for oh. sharing. This needs him. to be on TikTok. Oh. Sure. oh, what is that? Probably like a tampon or. I mean, Thanks, just... Tom. That's a great video. Thanks. Cool, cool guy. <laughs> <laughs>
That's pretty wild. You, you sent this to me. Yeah. And yeah. In the four years that I've worked with you, yeah. this was the only time I came close to puking when prepping something for the show. Legit had a very difficult time. And he looks dismayed. Dude, no, yeah. no one in this room was able to look at the screen. Everybody's oh, traumatized. <laughs> He was switching everything blind. Traumatized. I don't know why, but nothing makes me happier than hearing that. You know what I mean? You've got... See, I like weirdos. You like traumatizing people. You enjoy misery. Yeah. Can we do one thing before we go into yeah. mid-roll? Yeah. Somebody made online... Is it Mr. Clavicles? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a fantastic montage of all the highlights from your mom's house well, all over them, the years. But a like few of the greats. Yeah. I just wanted to share. I, I thought it was just so funny. It was Both cool. Of us got and he kick. used a, a song from your mom's house as the bed of music. Yeah, and it's it a tribute cool. to, to, to Theo. Theo, our dog, yeah. FIFA. Are you thirsty? Please give me cock. Come here, let me tickle you. Ching chong, ching chong. She's retarded. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Fuck this shit! <laughs> oh my God. Fuck! Diamonds in the crib is the vegan for China. <laughs> All for you. It gets bigger when I pull them. <laughs> this is just who I am. <laughs> you make my pussy dry. Get it! I'm ready to walk to North Carolina. Fuck! <laughs> your wife. Just like the gays. Motherfucker! <laughs> Skip the white bitch. Got your hand on my duct tape, man. You wanna fuck with my little faggot? On the truth, yes, I would. Really like that. Hi, America. It's hard fucking core. <laughs> now that's fucking bullshit, man. Come here and let me tickle you. Fucking dog cunts. Our dad had taught us not to be ashamed of our white niggers. OMG. You are completely retarded. Hey, man, that was great. Wow. That was great. What a beautiful montage of our work. <laughs> Mr. Underscore Clavicles. Thanks for making wow. that. Wow. That was really great. I feel, I feel good. We're doing the Lord's work on this yep. show. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, guys, we all know the frustration. Bottles on bottles on bottles piling up in your bathroom, each one falsely promising a miracle solution. That only kind of sort of work, but... What if there was just one shampoo that could truly do it all? This is a function of beauty. I love it because it addresses all your hair needs, not just one. Most drugstore brands only address a single concern like volumize or strengthen. With function of beauty, you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation. I love it. You customize it. Function of Beauty individually formulates every bottle based on your hair type, hair goals, and preferences. You select your color and fragrance or can opt for dye-free and fragrance-free. The products are so personalized. Uh, your name is even printed on the bottle. How cool is that? They use safe, natural ingredients. It's vegan and cruelty-free. And it's the Internet's top-rated customized hair care brand. Over 18,000 five-star customer reviews and counting. I got, because I bleach my hair in case you don't know, I'm not a natural blonde. Um, I like to get something that's form the shampoo that's formulated to help for uh, bleached hair so that my hair doesn't fall out. And I absolutely loved it. I love the idea of customizing a shampoo. So our listeners will receive 20% off their first order to redeem this offer. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash mom. Take the hair quiz uh, and go to functionofbeauty.com slash mom to get 20% off your custom formula. Gene, 
everybody wants a haven, a place that feels uniquely like it's just for you. And a big part of that is getting the furniture that feels right. Joybird empowers you to create the furniture and space that brings you joy. I actually, I loved having choices to decide what I wanted for this because I feel like my whole life, you know, you'd kind of just, I don't know, I always felt like the room just dictated to me. Like, mm. oh, this is the chair for here. This is the thing. And yeah. now having having a choice makes it, do, it does make it feel like you you were a part of the process. And they, they allow you to make it. That's one of the great things about this. With Joybird, you get one of a kind furniture crafted to your unique taste. I mean, I picked out the chair, the fabrics for mm -hmm. those gray chairs. We sit on them yeah. every week and they've brought so much joy and they look stylish and they're fantastic. Turn your ideas into reality with hundreds of styles and options. Want a sofa in, let's say, aquatic blue or indigo, love seat in the hottest red, inviting coral or even bubblegum pink. If you can dream it, Joybird can make it a reality. From rich buttery leather to the plushest velvet you've ever felt, find the fabric and texture that's right for you. Joybird offers a range of kid and pet-friendly upholstery options so your creations can stand the test of time. I got to tell you, that is a fantastic option for people there with kids and or pets. Mm -hmm. There's free personal design consultants to help you nail down your perfect design, quality, handcrafted furniture. Each Joybird piece is made by hand with care and precision using high-quality hardwood and responsibly sourced materials to fit your exact specifications, limited lifetime warranty included. Take the party outside with their unique outdoor collection, beautiful selection of outdoor sofas, lounge chairs, tables, and more made from durable, rust-proof aluminum, natural woods, and even bamboo. 365-day home trial. Skip the furniture stores and bring the showroom home. Sit on it, sleep on it, break in it. If you don't, want, if you don't love your Joybird, return it for a full refund. Hassle-free in-home delivery. They'll even remove all the packing materials. Free returns within two weeks of delivery. Now, see how Joybird can help you design your dream space. Find your joy at joybird.com slash mom. Create the furniture that brings you joy today at joybird.com slash mom. Go to joybird.com slash mom and receive an exclusive offer for 25% off your first order by using the code word mom. Thank you, Joybird. Mm, you know, we all love spending quality time with our children. A lot of us have limited time. But what I love about KiwiCo, KiwiCo, it's a subscription box service, but it's a box of educational, fun, um, developmentally appropriate toys, right? That you can do with your, your little kiddos. And we got the KiwiCo box. It was like a camping one. And it was uh, for Ellis. And it was so much fun to sit down with him and go through the instructions. You learn how to follow instructions. Um, you build, we built like a backpack that was a little bear. It was so cute. Um, they teach, it's called STEAM. Gosh, the, this era has mm -hmm. different um, goals. We just had what? Tag. Math. Tag, yeah. Anyway, STEAM. Sticks. Sticks, right? Science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And it teaches these children um, these different skills through a monthly box subscription. And what comes with each box? Well, all the supplies you need for the month's project, 
detailed, easy to follow instructions because it's written for kids. Educational magazine that comes with it to learn even more about that crates theme. And the best part is you do it together with your child because as a parent, uh, you know, you're super busy. You're always on the go. It can be tough to grow, uh, to go grocery shopping, work, feed your family, go to the soccer practice and get in some quality time together. So you get to work together with your child to create an engaging and exciting project. KiwiCo is a convenient, affordable way to encourage your children to be anything they want to be. There's no commitment. You can cancel anytime. Monthly options start at $19.95 per month, including shipping. For our listeners, go to kiwico.com slash mom to get your first month free. Every day counts when it comes to making a difference. So don't miss out on this amazing opportunity. Again, go to kiwico.com slash mom and get your first month free. That's kiwico.com slash mom. Again, I love it because it's just convenient. It shows up at your door and now you've got a great craft to do with your kiddo. Absolutely. And you're both, it's both exciting to see what you build together and they learn. So that's the best. So thank you, you kiwico. All right, and Gene, before our guests arrive, got to tell you what's up with the tour. July 23rd, I'm in Rochester, Minnesota. Yeah, where the Mayo Clinic is. Oh. At that Olmsted County Fair. Oh my Excited. Gosh. Chad Daniels and Josh Potter Get on the show with town. me. Uh, the next day, 24th, I'm in Appleton, Wisconsin. 25th, Rockford, Illinois. 26th, Peoria, 27th, Cedar Rapids, and 28th, Evansville. It's a bus week. What, what? Shortly thereafter, Wilkes-Barre, PA, Terrytown, Albany, Foxwoods, Hampton Beach, and Burlington. And then I go to Canada. That's mm. the country to the north of us. And up there, I will hit London, two shows in Toronto, two in Winnipeg, two in Vancouver, and Calgary. Calgary sold out. That is uh, August 18th. Get your tickets to those and all the other dates coming up. Doing Europe. Hitting a bunch of cities in Europe. TomSegura.com slash tour. And I recently added a show in... What is it? Grand Rapids. So... Come holler at your boy, TomSegura.com slash tour. Gene? Now, while you're in Canada, will you be eating the McDonald's tomato mozzarella chicken sandwich? Uh, maybe. Maybe. If they, uh, I mean, McDonald's does have a great menu up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a Canadian favorite. Okay. My tour, uh, August 2nd and 3rd, Salt Lake City, Utah. September 5th, Milwaukee. September 6th, Chicago. September 7th, Boston. October 3rd through 5th, Nashville. November 22nd, Seattle. And the 23rd, Portland, Oregon. Go to Christina P. Online for tickets. Also, if you haven't seen my two Netflix specials, please check out The Degenerates. It's a half hour. And my hour, Mother Inferior. Oh, and check out my new podcast dropping July 8th, Where My Mom's At, a podcast by and for real moms only. That's what's up. All right. You ready to? I have whiz. Let's do it. Your mom's house will be right back. It is my great pleasure to welcome our next guest, a, a Hall of Famer, legitimately, a pioneer of hip hop and an all around great guy. Daryl DMC McDaniels, thank you very what? much for being thank here. Thank you. Oh thank you gosh. for having me. This is wild, man. Appreciate is, it. I mean, you know, I was thinking back, all like, I, I've loved hip hop my whole life. Mm-hmm. And um, my first two tapes 
tapes. I bought tapes. Cassette, tapes. Cassette, yes. tapes. cassette tapes. When I when I was a kid that I, I purchased wow. were, the, were the Fat Boys yep. and Run DMC. Wow, Those Fat Boys are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. That mm-hmm. was like... And like to, to to see that you're here right now is is, in, is incredible. Mind blowing. And we're introducing wow. our three year old son to records. And uh-huh. Run DMC was the first one of the first ones we bought. Yeah. Oh, the vinyl. The vinyl. Oh, yeah, we got nice. vinyl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's okay. awesome, man. Oh, you're so nice. That's yeah, cool. I know you're too nice. It's How like, are you so what? famous what? and so nice? Yeah. Well, I don't think I'm famous. Yeah, that's See, why. If you think you're famous, then you're not nice. If that's you don't so think true. you're famous, that's you don't, it doesn't affect you. You, you know, know what I was thinking about today? Like, just as knowing that I was going to see you here, uh-huh. I was like, it actually like hit me like, oh yeah, you didn't have hip hop to list. Like, you created a genre, <laughs> which is, I well, it's I don't too much. We didn't really you. create it, but but I'm saying we you're part of that. You elevated. Right, right. We were what happened with us was that we became the physical embodiment, the representatives of hip hop prior to us, mm-hmm. what we were doing, and where it was going. Yeah, and you know, for me, I never wanted to be in show business. Really? Yes. Now run. Run saw hip hop grow up in his living room. His brother Russell, before rap records was made, Russell was one of the promoters that saw the DJs in the streets in New York and was like, wow, every time they play the park or the block party, mm-hmm. a thousand people shows up. Yeah. So Russell wasn't the only one, but he was one of the promoters that said, yo, I'm gonna move this indoors. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go rent the PAL, give the PAL his $100, pay the DJ $100, and then charge the people who were seeing it for free yeah. $5 to see it <laughs> inside now yeah. and put my name on a fly and call myself Rush Productions. Yeah. So Run was seeing that in his living room. Russell managed Curtis Blow, mm-hmm. Godfather of Hip Hop, Jimmy Spicer, Houdini. He did shows, he worked with Grandmaster Flash and all that. So Run was a little kid seeing that this was a business. Right. So Run was like, I could get rich and famous off this. I could make some money. I could get a mansion, Rolls Royce, everything that you see Run doing now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he saw that hip hop was uh, going to get him that. Yeah. For me, hip hop was it was make believe. And what I mean by that was I was in the comic books. I went right. to Catholic school my whole life. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I, you I, love I, these comic books. I was one of those kids that. When that street light come on, you have your ass in yeah. this house. Yeah, yeah. that's the same yeah. rule with me. That was me. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, and you hear the other kids outside playing like 1130 <laughs> and midnight. And <laughs> it, was, it wasn't that, oh, their parents don't care about it. I was like, they lucky that they could be out yeah. there. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm eight, nine, and 10, and the little five-year-old kid is outside at midnight playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I had to find things to do. I went to Catholic school my whole life. But so my world was these comic books. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it started with Batman. Then I discovered Marvel. Stan Lee, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. He was a genius. He puts yeah. his superheroes really in New York. Yeah. So what that did for me, it didn't make it make believe anymore. Right. It made it real. Yeah. So my whole life prior to music was Marvel comic books. Captain America, the Hulk, Spider-Man, the Avengers, the whole nine. Read, collect, draw. Read, collect, draw. Read, collect, draw. That's all I did. By me always reading comic books made me a good reader in school. So I was a Mm. honor roll student, which I'm very proud of to this day. Yeah. Always on the honor roll. It was it's funny. It still torments me to this day. 
There was two girls that I could never beat. <laughs> Nadine Welch <laughs> and Deborah Hamilton. Wow, you that stuck with wow. you. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was always the only guy up there with them, the smartest kids in the schools. You yeah. know, when when I would get an A minus, they would get an A plus. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I would get a B, they would get the A minus. I could never defeat them. But since I was always reading comic books, it made me a good student. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So that was my life. From kindergarten to seventh grade. Then in seventh grade, something crazy happened to me. This thing called hip hop comes over the bridge from the Bronx. Now, I didn't know what it was at first. At, at the time, by the way, are you a music fan? Like, do you, do you like no, music? No, I can't. That's, that's another funny question. I didn't have a music that was mine because mm-hmm. that, my mother, that, when I was a kid, my mother and father were still young. So Marvin Gaye, mm. Al Green, mm-hmm. Aretha Franklin, mm. Um, Stevie Wonder. That's what's soul played music. at house. Yeah, black soul music in the 70s, yeah. 60s and 70s, Motown. That was my mother and father's music. Oh, right. That's not yours. I'm a kid. I don't yeah. care nothing about love and girls. <laughs> yeah. Girls are yucky. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm in the comic books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, the, music, the only music that I thought was me was classic rock, so-called classic rock now, and folk rock. 70s, the Beatles, the Stones, Harry Chapin, Joni Mitchell, Bob Dylan, uh, Jim Croce. You're getting into Crosby, Stills, Young and Nash, yeah. and Zeppelin, right? Because soul music, and even at the time in the '70s, disco. That was the adult. That was you know the grown up things to do. Yeah. As a kid, I didn't have the music, but when I heard rock, there was just something about the rock drums was heavier. So you loved that stuff. The guitars was gang gang. So rock music was like superheroes to me. Holy shit. And then the folk music was like social studies or history in school. Mm. Because even though these dudes were big rock stars, most of their music was about politics. You know, Neil Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, they were talking about the government and women's mm. rights and civil rights. So the rock and the folk rock guys were singing, in addition to singing about sex and loves and drugs, they were singing about stuff that I could relate to as a student. Right. Because Marvin Gaye and, and, and Al Green, and they were said, I want to try, I'm going to get it, let's get it, I want it, I'm going to do that. It's yucky. Yeah. But you know, when I heard Neil Young, it was um, 10 soldiers and Nixon's coming. It's fine. John Lennon sleeping naked to protest the war. Uh, John Fogarty, fortunate son. So as a kid, that's smart. Oh, you know, that, that got my attention. Right. Compared to, you know, I didn't care nothing about ABC. I cared <laughs> nothing about high heels. You know, true story. I cared nothing about high heels and afros and dashikis. No, cared <laughs> nothing about that. It was just something about the folk rock that attracted me. So that's what I had. So here's what happened. Um, in seventh grade, this kid had a tape recorder, mm-hmm. um, cassette. Remember the flat tape, not box or right, boom box. Right, right. Flat cassette tape yeah, recorder. Put it in front. Oh and yeah, five, dude. Remember yes. those yes. things? So yeah, this yeah, kid yeah. named Billy Morris had one, and Billy was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. So me and two other my friends from St. Pascal Bayline Elementary School, we was in the schoolyard playing basketball on the one rim that the school the Catholic school had, because you gotta understand something. If you go to Catholic school, you can't go to the public park, because you got a bag that says, 
St. Pat's School, Baylon Elementary, wear a right. uniform. Right. The public school kids are going to get you. Yeah, oh, man, right. of course. So I got bullied, teased, and picked on. I got my lunch money taken till I got smart enough to put it in my sock under my foot. Wow. So they couldn't hear it jingle. So they would know to like so yeah, yeah, check like, the ankles. Yeah, like, yeah. All, yeah, yeah, exactly. So life was yeah. miserable with me. So we was in the park playing on the one rim that was in there for the poor little Catholic school kids. And Billy Morris in the eighth grade, he goes, yo, come in. So you know how you are. You know, yeah. nerdy, geeky kids act yeah. like you don't hear them. Yeah. Yo, then he hit you with the, I ain't going to say it again. So now you know you're in trouble. Your ass is grass. So it's three of us. I was a smart kid. I always yeah. thought ahead. So I said, you know, and I'm not violent. I'm not in a gang enough. I'm a yeah. nerdy Catholic school yeah, kid. comic book kid. I, yeah, so I told my two friends, yo, it's three of us and one of him. If he try, We probably wouldn't have did nothing, but if he tries anything, we're going to jump his ass. So we walk over to Billy, and Billy just says, he pulls his um, tape recorder out his tote bag and says, check this out. And he pushes play. And the beat goes, doosh, dash, goosh, goosh, dash, goosh, goosh, dash, goosh. And then a voice goes, when you mess around in New York town, you go down with the disco cheaper clown, you go down. You just keep the pep in your step. You don't stop till you get on the mountain top. And when you reach the top, you reach your peak, that's when you hear Eddie Chiba speak, and it stopped. And it was all staticky and stuff like that. We said, do that again. <laughs> he did it again. We stood in that schoolyard for three hours listening to whatever that was. I didn't yeah. know what it was, but it, it just felt so good. Yeah. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Not to, I just, but right, I just, I'm right. so no, excited because that's the first so time good. I heard Run DMC I lived in this apartment the same complex. Thing to you. And it was by the basketball courts. And the older See? kids had the cassette tape. Billy dude. Was older yeah. than me. And they we were had the same experience. To Run DMC. And it was like, you right. be ill in. I'm like, yeah. what the uh, fuck uh, is, is that? this, man? Right. Exactly. Right? And it blew yeah. your mind. It, 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 it was just. It was just my DNA structure, every molecular. It's crazy. It was just me. And then I just hit Billy with the, yo, can I hold that? Motherfucker, no, <laughs> Gary McGann. You know what I'm saying? This and that. And I was like, yo, Billy, man, you can have my mother. I'll give you the keys to my father's car. You can take over. He Holy was like, shit. He was like, ew, what now? <laughs> so, but he saw that I really wanted it. So it was a Friday afternoon, back in school Monday over the weekend. Billy let me hold his day. Wow. So I just went home. I listened to that from Friday night all the way to Sunday. I think it was about 8.30 when I fell asleep. Then I woke up and the next day I was back in school. I gave it back to Billy. And then I paid no attention to it because... That little thing, it was just that experience. I didn't know what it was, yeah. but for Friday night all the way to Sunday, gave it back to Billy, it was gone. But because of that tape, now I notice summertime, because of the tape, I started to notice, oh, that's what they do at the block parties in the park. Right. The DJs would come. The thing that was on the tape, see, I was still a kid, though. Right, right. I'm riding my bike, my skateboard, my comic books. I didn't care about the loud music. I, the music was so loud, but I'm a kid. Life is adventurous. I don't yeah. care about this. But because of the tape, now I'm noticing the DJs, DJ in the park and stuff like that. So that was my um, introduction to hip hop. Still didn't give a shit about it. It was right. my comic books and Bruce Lee movies and the Adams Family yep. and I Dream of Jeannie. Because <laughs> yeah, we used to watch I Dream of Jeannie to, to, to get our sexual fantasies <laughs> sure. off of Barbara Eden. Like, yeah, yeah, he was, he was adolescence looking at that. 
but the thing that got me to to partake in hip hop was now the the DJs are doing the parks and the block parties. So now the older kids all want to be like the DJs in the neighborhood now. Right. So Booby Long and Anthony Wallace was the first two older kids in my neighborhood to get turntables and stuff like that. So my brother who wrote, ran with Booby and them wanted to get turntables. So we had a problem. He had a problem. We didn't sell weed, so we had no money. Right. See, the kids that sold drugs got everything, sneakers and Adidas and Pumas and bikes and, and, and gazelles and Adidas suits. The kids that didn't sell drugs. If you didn't sell drugs or do stick-ups or rob houses, you broke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So my brother, he had to get turntables like Booby and Anthony. So he comes up with this idea. Yo, Daryl, come here. Come here, little bro. We're going to do a comic book sale. So we could get enough money to get two turntables and a mixer. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we do a comic book sale and check this. This is why this story is significant. So we make our own flyers with the loose leaf paper. The McDaniels brothers are doing a comic book sale. You know what I'm saying? So the doorbell's ringing. We pull in some money, you know, $9, $10. We just need, we needed a $40 mixer and we needed a $30 turntable to go with the hi-fi stereo set that our parents already had. Right. So the doorbell was ringing, kids from all over the neighborhoods coming. The doorbell rings, I open it, and it's Joseph Simmons, the kid mm. from the other class, and his friend Harold. Right. And that's Run's he older turned, brother. No, Run is Joseph Simmons. Oh, Run, okay, oh. right. But he has another brother besides Russell the, Simmons. And, and then Randy. another brother. Yeah, but this, that wasn't okay. even in the Evas yet. Right. Joseph comes, buy comic books, and go home. It's significant because we reunite later. So me and my brother, we get to two turntables and um, we get to mix it. So now we got our own set in the basement. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't as expensive as the dudes that were selling weed. They had the, 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 the quanters and the techniques and stuff like that. We had some bullshit fake wood BSRs, but we was able to do the hip hop thing. So my brother brings home Rapper's Delight. Yeah, man. Now the thing that's in the streets is on record now. Y'all remember Rapper's yeah, Delight? Yeah, yeah, of course. Light blue with the rainbow on it. Oh, what the hell is that? Hip hop, the hip yeah. the, it was a long ass record too. So, so long, like fucking 15 shit, minutes. Yeah, real long. So me being <laughs> a smart kid, you know what I'm saying? Cause I got an imagination for comic books and I'm, you know, I'm a good student cause I'm reading the comic books. I listened to Rappers of Light two or three times. And the only reason I cared about it was cause of the Superman rhyme. Right. Ah. Right. He's the man with the S on his chest. Can, can you fly all through the night? Are you able to rock a party to the early night? I can satisfy you with his little, he can satisfy you with his little worm, but I can bust you out with my, my super sperm. So, yeah. <laughs> oh shoot, there's a guy, talk, I didn't know his rap. Was yeah. there, there's a guy talking about Superman. Super, so that made it cool. So I learned rappers of light from beginning to end. So now in a neighborhood that creates a problem. Cause now if it's not on the radio, if it's not a block party, all the bully kids, Daryl, come over here, motherfucker. Sing rappers of life. <laughs> you got to just do it. I had to do all the way to the end because I knew how to do it. Oh my but God. imagine me learning rappers of life. I'm doing it for the whole neighborhood. You're doing for that whole summer. 12 minutes at a time. But you're also practicing. Yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, but I'm not knowing. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I want to go home. Motherfucker, you can't leave till you finish. But what was it in you that wanted to memorize rappers like Storytelling. Storytelling. Because it's, it's, it's an opus. That yeah, is not. It's storytelling. When you yeah. said Joseph, I thought you were talking about Dan, Danny. Danny's the artist. That's I, that's, the but that's what I thought brother. when you yeah. said it. No, Joseph yeah. Simmons. Yeah. Me and Run wasn't friends when we was little. 
So you didn't. He was just. We went to the same school. He was always in the other class. Oh. You're in the same school. He's in the other. I was always in a smart class. He was. Really <laughs> he was in. He was always in. There was one in, in my Catholic school. Was one one and one two. The two class one 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 two two one two two all the way up to eighth grade. I was always in the two classes because I was so smart yeah. he bu- when he buys those comic books, he just go, buys yeah, them and buy goes on. Like, buy. And then how long until to, you guys like from that point till you guys to hook actually, up? Yeah, that was um, that was two years. Yeah, Rappers and Light came out in seventy nine. So that that went down. We rap. We, I got Rappers and Light, and then um. I heard on a cassette tape a live performance of this DJ called Grandmaster Flash. And he was taking Sheik's Good Times song. <laughs> right. yeah. Good times, boom, boom. But up on boom, 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 good times, boom, boom. But up on boom. And he kept making it go good times. So you got to imagine, it's just, what the fuck? How the hell is he doing it? Then he said, good time, good time. How the hell is he making it go good? Then he said, then, then he broke it down to good, good, good. He made it go good, good. How the hell is he doing it? Oh, that's my brother's like, that's the quick mix thing. So now I got turntables. I run down in the basement. I'm trying to do what flat. Yeah. And I get it. You get it. I do. So now, in my mind, I become, because he was Grandmaster Flash, I become Grandmaster Get High. This is just in my world in my basement. Because you don't need reefer or, or, or alcohol because my music will intoxicate you. <laughs> so that's what I mean. It was make-believe. The yeah. same way I used to pretend I put my favorite blanket on and run through the house. I'm yeah. Batman. I'm yeah. Superman. I was just pretending to be that. I don't do this. Right. Mm. Though Rapper's Delight does it, Flash and them do it. So then my brother brings home this red. Because remember, Rapper's Delight was light blue with the rainbow on it. It's very attractive mm-hmm. when you look at the Sugar Hill logo. Right. Then my brother comes home. It's just this bland, red-labeled record that said Enjoy Records. And on it, it said Grandmaster Flash. Oh, that's the guy from the tape yeah. thing. And the fur is five. I was like, what the hell is that about? So we put the needle on it. Now, remember, we talked about Rappers of Light was three guys rapping long. One guy rap an hour. Next guy rap an hour. Other guy rap yeah. an hour. Oh, we got to rap another hour yeah, and then it's yeah. over. Yeah. But this record, this is what changed my life. I'm Grandmaster Get High first, pretending in my right. basement. I put the needle on this record. Rappers of Light opened up like it was a hip hop, <laughs> the hip, the hip, the hip, yeah. which was blew your mind yeah. when you yeah. heard that because yeah. we never heard this. But this record, I put the needle on this. It's a Grandmaster Flash and a Freeze Five. You know, with the dust. This shit said, it was a party night, everybody was breaking, the highs was screaming, and the bass was shaking, and it won't be long till everybody knowing that Flash is on the B-Box going. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the shit? And, and then it goes, and shana na. And then a voice goes, Italian, Caucasian, Japanese, Spanish, Indian, Negro, Vietnamese, MC, <laughs> Dishjockeys, y'all. Fly kids for the young ladies. And then the beat drops and he's like, introducing the crew. You got to see to believe. And then five different voices. We're one, two, three, four, five MCs. One voice said, I'm Melly Mel and I rock it so well. And then the second dude said, and I'm Mr. Ness because I rock the best. And then the third dude said, Raheem and all the ladies dream. And then the fourth dude said, cowboy and I'll make it jump for joy. And then the fifth dude said, Creole. And then the other four dudes said, solid gold, kid Creole. Playing a role, dig this, where the furious five plus Grandmaster Flash, giving you a blast, a show enough class, so to prove to you all that was second to none, we're gonna make five MCs sound like one. Give me a pin! 
that's me running through the house. Mommy, mommy, give me, I gotta do that. And I just sat down and started writing rhymes. That day I became Easy D. Because my name is Daryl, it starts with a D, but yep. it's easy for me to do this. Easy D. So I just started writing rhymes. Easy D's, like, hey, by the way, that's a pretty, that's a I good know. name. I like it's easy really D. good. Yeah, yeah Easy it's D's really a good. good name. So I became Grandmaster Get High and Easy D in All my in base. one. Right, so here's where Run comes in. In eighth grade, we're in eighth grade now. Remember the one rim in the schoolyard? Yeah. So in eighth grade, out of nowhere, I mean, I made it from kindergarten all the way to eighth grade without any new students coming to the school. All of a sudden in eighth grade, this guy, David McEachin, I'll never forget, this new student comes, he's seven feet tall. He probably wasn't that tall, but he was yeah. like taller than Jabbar, but he was. <laughs> but he wasn't, but he was to us. Right. He dunks on the one rim in the schoolyard and he breaks it. Whoa. So we, you know, oh, that was incredible. No, we cried. <laughs> we can't go to the park now. But hold on, behold, I got the best parents ever. My father put a basketball room in my, in my backyard. Oh. So now the kids, usually 10, 11, 12 kids would come to my backyard to play basketball after school. One particular day, Joseph Simmons comes along mm -hmm. with his basketball and his curly hair. We play basketball, and then usually... When we played basketball in the backyard, I would go and get the Dixie cups. Remember Dixie cups? Yeah. And I get the pitch of water because the rule was when there's no adults home, mm -hmm. what's the rule? You can't have no company. Right. So this oh. particular day, because usually I bring the water out, give the kids in the back and go home. This particular it was just Joe. I let him in the house to get the water. It was 3.30. My parents don't get home until 4. Come on in and get the water. So when he comes in, he sees me on my brother's turntables. And he goes, yo, do you do that? And I go, no, because it's my secret. He ain't supposed yeah. to know that. Yeah. And then he goes, yo, my brother's Russell Simmons. You ever see the Russ Flyers that's up on the telephone poles? And I'm like, yeah, I see that. Well, <laughs> my brother, he works with Flash and this. So now it's becoming interesting. So he's telling me about when Ron was 12 years old, when it wasn't school during the summertime, Russell would allow Run to go rap and play and DJ on a Curtis Blow show. What? Run was the son of Curtis Blow. 12 years old, Curtis Blow would go, I'm going to bring my disco son DJ Run out here, and he's going to put on a show for you. Come on in. And Run would come out at 12 years old, say a rhyme, and DJ's cutest thing in the world. Because yeah. you remember, if you remember hip-hop, hip-hop was a hybrid of disco. Right. The early, the fat boys, before they were the fat boys, was the disco three. Really? I didn't yeah, know if you that. Listen to they all, even had disco style. Yeah, and shit, and yeah. I'm the disco man. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, well, the, Blondie too does a rap. It was all the, the, the punk rockers yes. and, the, and the hip hoppers took over the discos yes. after the discos went out of business. Yeah. I woke up one day and all over the world there was this saying, disco sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And it died that day, but another man's trash is trash is a, one man's trash is another man's trash. They threw away all that music and the DJs hopped it up because it was always bass lines for the rappers yep, and the yeah. MCs to say on. So Rum was Curtis Blow's disco son. He's telling me all of that. So what we would do is he would come to my house. We'd get out of school 210. We'd get to my house. It was five-minute walk by 215. Play basketball till 315. And then from 315 to quarter to four, I would let him in the house and we'd go in the basement <laughs> and DJ. So I taught Run how to do the flash. He knew how to DJ, but he didn't know how to do the flash thing. Right. So I told him that, and one plain and simple, here's where it all began. He picks up my school books where I was writing my rhymes at. And he was like, oh, Daryl, you wrote all of this? And I was like, yeah, it's like a hobby. And, just, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is really good. 
And then he looks at me. This is in eighth grade, and he goes, when my brother Russell lets me make a record, I'm putting you in my group. So I just look at him. It was like a foreign language. I was like, what yeah. the fuck did you just say to me? What yeah. the fuck? And went and went in and out there because I don't do that. It was just a thought. Right. So ninth grade, we graduated from St. Pasco Bayline. Run and soon to be our DJ later, Jason Marzell, Jam Master J, they went to Andrew Jackson High School in Queens, five-minute walk from where we lived at. Mm -hmm. I took three trains and two buses to travel from Queens all the way to Harlem to go to an all-boys Catholic high school called Rice High School, 124th Street and Lenox Avenue in the, in the heart of Harlem. So ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, I'm a good student, fine colors, I sent out my resume, I get accepted to St. John's University. I come home, I pick the letter up, it says, you were proud to inform you have been accepted to prestigious St. John's University. So the first thing I did before I even ran and told my mother was ran in the basement and wrote a rhyme about it. No. I'm DMC and the place to be. I'm going to St. John's University. Come on. Since kindergarten, I acquired the knowledge. After 12th grade, I went straight to college. So I wrote that rhyme. <laughs> so that was June of 82. I was the class of 82. <laughs> graduated Jesus. June of 82. In August of 82, the phone rings. It's Joe. Yo, remember four years ago when I said, if I make a record, I'm putting you in a group? Yeah, grab your rhyme books. We're going to the studio to make a record. So we went to the studio and we made It's Like That. It's like that. Yeah. And that's, that's the, the way, way it is. is. That's the And damn. we made Sucker MCs. What? And that's how I got in. So even then, I still, it, like, Joe knew what he was doing. Russell's his brother. Yeah. Curtis Blow, Joe's like, yo, we, I'm gonna be famous. I'm gonna dime and sell records and I'm gonna do the, the music thing. To me. to me, being in the studio, and this is how crazy I am now to this day. When I first went, because remember, I was just doing it in my basement. So when Run took me, they took me to Green Street Recording Studio on Green Street, right off of Houston in the city. Mm -hmm. And um, we go down in the studio and I'm seeing all of the board and, and all the electronics and stuff like that. I start pretending I shrunk down and I'm inside of the boom box. Right. You know, I'm, I'm you have the imagination. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in there and I go in and I put my rhymes down and Russell takes the record, shops it. Everybody turns us down, but we end up on this little label called Profile Records. Wait, now hold on. Back That's, up. Though. Okay. So how do you get to, I'm this dorky kid in my basement. I go to record and it, you know what I mean? Like well, you, and then right, it's right. like that. And that's the way, well, it, like how the fuck well, did you Joe, guys come when, up with that? When Joe, when Joe put me in the group, Joe, Joe, he saw, okay, this guy, he saw, okay, this guy writes really good rhymes. Mm -hmm. He got all of these fucking comic books. So he must have an imagination Yeah, and he get good grades. So he's smart. He's not going to fuck off. So off originally <laughs> Run was right. Run was going to be a solo artist, but he saw that I had something yes. that could assist yes. with his and journey. Wait, so the way that Jay comes into this. That wasn't until after we made It's Like That Circumstance. Okay. But Jay they, wasn't even They know yet. each other though, right? Yeah. Run and Jay yeah, know each other from playing basketball in the parks. And Run would go get on the mic at the block party. Okay. You know, I knew Rapper's Delight. Yeah. yeah. Back and forth. My cadence and him. I'm not getting on the mic. Right. Well, nobody's seen me do that. You know right. what I'm saying? Because it was my world. You're kind of insecure about it at first. Yeah, right? but no, not even that. It's my world. It's, oh, it's my thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. All the rhymes that you heard since I've been in it wasn't for y'all to hear. Right. This is for me. You only got to hear because Run made me put them on a damn record for yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So 
um 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 jay didn't come till later so we we did it's like that we did circumcision um we put the we, we get a record deal so russell goes crazy okay y'all you know we got a record deal on profile record the record comes out i was actually in my i was in my second semester at st john's university it's crazy in it's august crazy. we went to make the demo now to me it's done we made the demo i'm a shopper the only goal back then was to get the record played on mr magic or red alert because right. remember kids i blow kids mind i speak at a lot of middle schools and high schools I said, y'all don't understand some hip hop was only on the radio Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. And LA had it a little better than us because y'all had K Day. Mm -hmm. Y'all had an all hip hop. We didn't have New York. Well, we didn't That's have that. wild to think about that New York didn't Where have it. Where it came from and we didn't have it. Yeah. It was only Friday and Saturday night. So the goal was to get Mr. Magic or Red Alert to play the record. So that happened for us. You know what I'm saying? And you think at this point, Jeez. when that's played, are you like, well, that was a fun thing to do. Done. On with my life. I'm successful because Mr. <laughs> Magic played me. I'm in school now. I'm in St. John's University. I picked business management because, not because I wanted to be business management. My best friend growing up was this guy named Douglas Hayes. Mm -hmm. We call him, if you listen to our Rockbox song, the Run DMC Rockbox song, and we go, Butter Love Now. They called him Butter because he was a fat black kid that could play basketball really, really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, Butter came up along with Mark Jackson, infamous Mark yeah, Jackson yeah, from New York the Knicks, Knicks yeah. St. John's University, That's right. Chris Mullen. So people would come to the parks to see Mark play and score 40, but they because Mark was JV, junior varsity, yeah. Doug was varsity, people wait to see Butter score 50. So Butter was my best friend from kindergarten all the way up till we got to college. So... Butter was the guy that told me, pick business management and pick St. John's. Okay. You do what he said. I mean, whatever Butter said. Yeah, yeah. You run down a block naked. Okay. Yeah. Like he was just, he was yeah. real, one of my best friend ever and stuff. So I get St. John's University. I'm starting to realize, oh man, this is crazy because this ain't like school. It's not like high school. Why? In college, nobody helps you. Yeah. I was alone on a campus at St. John's University, scared to death. The first thing I did, I ran to the payphone. Call Butter up. Yo, Doug, it's the first day of school. Where you at? Uh, I'm asleep, man. I ain't got no classes today, man. Matter of fact, I ain't got no classes with your ass. Click. <laughs> so I'm scared to death. Yeah. I don't like accounting. I don't like bookkeeping. I don't like nothing that has to do with um, business management. So I go, damn, I got to change my major. My mother going to hate my ass. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. my thing was, all I can do is draw. I didn't even think about music. I didn't say I'm a great writer. All I can, what can you do, Daryl? I can draw comic books and cartoons really good. So yeah. I was going to change my major to anything that had to do with art, graphic design, architecture. Oh, parents don't like that. Oh, no, yeah. no, but here's the worst thing. And if I don't like that, I'm dropping out of school and I'm going to just draw the funnies in the local newspaper. Oh, my God. So that's where I was at. I come home and I'm like, hey, mom. <laughs> Remember that day in August? I, I came home two in the morning because when we I, when I went to record it's like that and suck him seas. I didn't tell my parents. I came home two in the morning. They was like, "Where was your ass at?" I was at because we would either go in my basement or Joe's attic. Uh -huh. I was at Joe's attic. Don't you do that again, motherfucker! And you, you, you know what I'm saying? You call, you pull over. Okay, who you with? You pull over. Go to the payphone and let us know where you at. When I made my record, I didn't tell my parents where I was at. So now I'm coming home, mom. Um, remember that night. No, first I said, um, I'm going to change my major. 
I don't want to do business management. So my father, rest in peace, was like, oh, really, son? What do you want to do? My mother, she started doing this. So I'm saying, you know, um, I don't like accounting and bookkeeping and stuff like that. I'm thinking of changing the graphic art or, you know, oh, maybe um, um, architecture. So, you know, yeah, that's, you know, architecture's <laughs> real good. My, mom, my mother was like, motherfucker, and then I hit it with. And if that don't work, I'm going to just drop out of school and, and draw the comics in the local newspaper. You told them. Yeah. And my mother f raised hell. Like right now, I'm scared of Yeah. My mom, calm down, woman, this and that. Boom, get your ass back up. So I go upstairs and I'm sitting there like, oh, shit. Well, I'm fucking up this and that. The phone rings again. It's Joe again. Yo, Russell got us a deal. We on profile records, this and that, boom, bang. <laughs> the record's crazy. not only playing on Red Alert and Mr. Magic, it's playing across the country. Oh, Pack your bag. We're going on tour to do shows. And he hangs up. And I'm sitting there. Bananas. Going to do fucking, what the fuck is he talking? I'm trying to figure my life out. I'm a school kid, this and that. And then I realize, oh. Joe won't kill me because I ain't even tell my parents this. So Joe's calling every day. Yo, we going on a tour. We got shows coming in North Carolina and this and that. I still ain't tell my parents. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck it. You know, we, you hold out. Remember when you was little? You would never tell the thing that you should have just got yeah, it over with. Just get it over with. And I've been there. I waited eight days and I go down and tell my mother, yo, you know that? Remember the thing I used to do in the basement? Yeah. And we used to take all your, your records and scratch them up and used to get mad. <laughs> yeah, well, now, you know that record, Rapper's Delight? Yeah, my father's like, yeah, they play that at my job. all Because my father worked for transit. So all yeah. the young people was playing it. Sure. My mother ain't know nothing about this shit. Well, um, I have one of those. The name of the group is Run DMC, and we have a hip-hop record and this and that. Yeah, I heard a red alert. Motherfucker, my mom start cursing this and that, boom, boom, bang. So I run back upstairs <laughs> and I'm sitting here. So Joe calls. This what saved me. Yo, we got our first show booked in North Carolina. They paying us $1,500. Click. So I get an idea. All right, let me go try this. I go downstairs and say, Ma, here's the deal. Our first show's for $1,500. Rus Run said that Russell's going to book us some more shows. Here's the deal. Whatever money, now I'm not thinking career. Right. Whatever money I make this summer from doing the performances for my records, I'll use my own money to pay for my own tuition at school. Oh, wow. Oh, you can go ahead, <laughs> yeah, yeah. go on the road. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My, my, my whole attitude changed, you know what I'm saying? Because now she can get her pocketbooks yes. and stuff like that. So that was the whole genesis of me oh being gosh. put into the How did music that industry. first tour go? Was it like enough where you're like, we can keep doing it? Or you, I mean, no, it, we, the first, the, it was, we was tearing shit up. Really? Nobody never seen the like of us. Because you got to understand, like you said it on that, early hip hop was based on disco. Yeah. You know, the early, the, the, the early hip hoppers, you got to give them suit. Like, Run DMC, we're not the pioneers. Mm -hmm. The real pioneers is everybody who did it before Rappers Delight was even recorded. Right. So when they did stop making, when they came in to show business them, the first rappers had no rappers to look up to. But Parliament Funkadelic mm -hmm. and the Rolling Stones. So that's where their attire came. And all the disco records, Donna Summer and the Tramps and the... Commodores and all. So their idols in the show business world was dumb. So that's who they were trying to emulate. When me and Ron came along, we didn't dress up. We dressed like we dressed when we were kids. Right. We mm -hmm. wore the Adidas suit, the break dancers. Yeah. So when the world saw us, that was new. Yeah. And not only that, we didn't make disco records. Right. It's, we had beats. Boosh, dab, boosh, 
dead unemployment at a record high we wasn't on no hibbity hop to shaft dance and shake the hand we on the disco me we wasn't doing that shit yeah. we was doing yeah. some other people in the world trying to make it mine you know what i'm saying no i did that came 86 we was on uh, two years ago a friend of mine asked me to say like we had a whole different shit but it was whoa so yeah it just took off man now, because I see you're wearing the Aerosmith shirt today. Yes. Um, so when Walk This Way, I, I feel like... We had I, no idea who they were. You had no idea who they were? <laughs> really? Even you? Because you yeah, said you no, like... No, didn't know. I did not know. <laughs> I knew the Rolling Stones. I knew Led Zeppelin. But was the, was the... Here's the, how I knew Aerosmith. When the DJs would play the breakbeats, uh-huh. James Brown was always getting played. Because uh-huh. he always had a funky drummer break for the MC to say their rap on. Disco. Chic. Good times. All the disco records always had a bass line. Mm-hmm. Heartbeat, boom, boom, boom. Ba-da-ba-dum, boom, boom, boom. You know, all, there was always a bass line. Um, um, jazz records always had a break. But those rock records also had a break where it was just drums or drums and guitar. Prior, this is 83, 82, 83, 84, 85. Before we even thought of doing Walk This Way Over, we didn't know. We just knew. Get the album cover with the toys on it and play number four. That's what you would say. That's what the one that goes. Play number four, Jay. We didn't say, yo, play Aerosmith's Walk This Way. No. We didn't know what the shit is. We just knew that the one, the number four with that beat. So that's all what it was. And um, Aerosmith's number four. Not even Aerosmith. Toys in the Attic was the album. <laughs> Toys in the Attic's number four. Um, 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 Led Zeppelin's um, When the Levee Breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rush's Tom Sawyer. Sharon's uh, Rockin' in the Pocket. He would play these. And we would rap over him. Oh, my God. So that's how rap rock started <sighs> in the Bronx. It's fucking Yeah. So Melly Mel, Kumo D, all of your old school rappers, they the ones that gave us the blueprint what we did that was genius was we started doing it on records. Mm. Melly Mel, did, you could go to, you could punch in, you could go to YouTube right now, listeners, and punch in Flash, Mel, and Scorp, Kill It, 1978. In a live performance of Melly Mel and Scorpio rhyming over Walk This Way. Really? 78, yeah. Wow. So, so that's where we got it. What we did that was genius, we started doing it on records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we did Rock Box. Right. Because Walk This Way isn't the first rock rap record. It's a tongue twister. Walk This Way isn't the first rock rap record. The first rock rap record is Rock Box, which was the first rap video on MTV. And was Bias, it really? Yeah, yeah, in 1984. Holy shit. Bias putting the rocket guitars on it, it got us on MTV. And that's when, when it when. When we took it into every living room that had MTV, that was the catalyst that brought about the 80s, the 90s, craziness. all the way up to Because once now. you could see you guys on MTV, right. MTV and was see significant the style. in the success of hip hop. But that and song that video. Is, is significant too, in that it it really got so much exposure, right? That, that, that it elevated everything else that you guys were doing. Well, too. yeah. Well, 1984, we did Rock Box, which mm. was a rock track. But me and we're just rhyming about how good we are. Yeah. <laughs> then check this out. 1985, and then um, we did a video for Rockbox with um, Professor Erwin Corey. 
opening it up, giving a dialogue. Remember Professor Erwin Corey from the movie Car Wash? He was the guy with the piss. Car Wash. Yeah. Okay. The Mad Bomber was unloosing in, in the nation, and then he came in and he fit the description. So Car Professor Erwin Corey was a comedian, actor, famous throughout mm-hmm. the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever, whatever. So that was Rockbox 84. That got hip-hop on MTV in everybody's living room across the nation. 1985, we did a song called King of Rock Mm, with Larry Bud Melman from the David Letterman show as the guard in front of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Museum denying us entry in here. (laughs) Right. Prophesying, because there's a big issue with hip-hop going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now. Yes, yes. 1985, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame didn't even exist. It and it's such a bold way to start wow. the song, too. I'm the king of rock. There is none higher. Sucker MCs should call me sire to burn my kingdom. You must use fire and I won't stop rocking till I retire. That's, That's just saying we don't give a fuck it. about what you're saying. We, Best here opening. we coming. Yeah, I'm it's such a fucking rock. punch there in the face. Higher. So we did King of Rock, 85. Then in 86, we was going to remake Toys in the Attic number four. Mm-hmm. And at that time, number Rick four. Rubin, yep. shout out to Rick Rubin. Yeah, Rick Rubin. He was our producer at the time. So we was going to sample it, but Rick goes, no, you should do it over the way the band originally did it. Jam Master J, rest in peace. Yo, that's a great idea. Me and Run, hold the fuck up. <laughs> Slow down, you're taking this rock rap thing too far because rock rap to us was rock beat with me and Run talking about how good we are. Right. And I still remember my lyrics. We was going to sample it. Keep the beat going, guitars, beat going, loop it. And I was going to go, because we started in 83. So my rap was, I'm DMC in the place to be. Been rhyming on a mic since 83. I'm the best MC in history, and there will never be an MC better than me. And then Run was supposed to go, and you know, DJ Run, Run DMC style. I'm DJ Run, and I'm number one. Here to get it done and have some fun. Let the party be gun with all of that. That's how it was supposed to go. Rick and Russell, I mean, Rick and Jay, nah, nah. Y'all got to learn number fucking four. <laughs> takes the record off the turntable, gives us one of those, a yellow notepad mm-hmm. and a big ballpoint pen. Go in the basement, put the needle on the record and let it play. The reason why that's significant is the DJs never let the whole song play. Mm-hmm. Right. As soon as the guitar, nah, 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 right, right from the guy singing, back to the front of the record. Right. So we go in the basement, I put the needle on the record, we sitting there with the notepad waiting never heard we don't know what the fuck's gonna happen then you hear Steve backstroke lover in the hot and to cover next minute we on the phone oh hell no this is hillbilly gibberish this is country bumpkin mountain fucking music this is some long hair like like no protest no they screaming at us we screaming back at them screaming at them screaming back at them for the longest so reluctantly we get a call a week later, and Jay goes, yo, Rick done went to Boston and brought Aerosmith to group that made number four to the fucking <laughs> the studio. The group that made number four. So y'all got to come. Yo, Joe D, y'all got to fucking come, and y'all going to make this record. So they forced us to make one. And you're still play. walking in the studio Jesus. that day like, this is some bullshit? Yeah, we went in there. There's, there's, a, demo, there's a demo online of the original demo. The, the original demo run took the whole first verse. I took the whole second verse. Give Steve the third when we out of here. They didn't know. The version that you're here, mm-hmm. 
they literally chained us to the studio and said, y'all will never leave until you make this song a perfect song. Really? The and, virgin, how, and hold on, after that, even after me and Rum recorded it, we thought we had power. It was Russell and Lior Cohen and the record company and our publicists and um, everybody from our record label, and they all happy. We said, y'all can be happy as y'all want. True story. We go, y'all better never put this record out. You say that. You can put it on the album, but you never, you better never put this record out. And the moral to that story is <laughs> always be open to try something new because yeah. not only will it change your life, it could change the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because they released the record, then we did the phenomenal video. Um, the, vid yeah, the, the director video. John Small. That was a, that's a, like at the time too, that video, it's, it's great because. <laughs> For people who haven't seen it, obviously you can look it up, but like you guys are on opposing sides of a wall, right? And, and Steven takes through. the mic stand yeah. and knocks the wall that was yeah. separating the Separated. rock. Except that oh, so people brilliant. say, yo, when Steven Tyler did that in the video, that didn't just happen <laughs> in a video, it happened in the world. Yeah. It, separate, it brought rock and rap together, which was separate. Black people and white people mm -hmm. together did a lot. Did you find yeah. out, like, or was it obvious? Was did was he reluctant when they you know showed was he like excited to do it or was he like the fuck are we doing? Here? Well, no, no, no. They, um, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry were very, very um, courteous. Mm -hmm. They were very humble. You know, at that time they was when Walk This Way dropped. Remember they dropped that album with Dude Looks Like a Lady. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. that they they were bad as hell. Yeah. But because of prior circumstances, nobody cared. Right. Like, uh, my joke is they could have made a record with God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Aerosmith has a soul. Nope, we don't care. It's bullshit. Yeah. But when we call, Rick calls, hey, Aerosmith. You know, the secretary picks up. Hey, my name is Rick Rubin. I'm producing Run DMC. Yeah. <laughs> I know you know who Run DMC is. Yeah, we heard of them guys. Well, they're doing another song. And when they're going to do Walk This Way Over, will the guys do it? Hold on. Hey, guys, some guy named Rick Rubin is on the phone saying he wants to do Run DMC. Y'all guys want to do it? And at that point, Steve and Joe was like, what do we got to lose? Yeah. So they came to New York, did the record, came back and did the video. They were very, very um, involved in the making of the record. Yeah. We didn't know where it was going to go. Of course. But they were humble. They showed up in person. How You know what uh, you, you mentioned earlier mm -hmm. is that uh, you, did, you were doing songs. You and Run are doing songs about like how nice you are like how good we are <laughs> and don't you feel like or may, may i'm wrong in this but like right. that that whole lane of mc like that being a thing was huge and you don't really hear those songs anymore like no nobody don't rap about skills they, they don't rap about skills they don't rap about goodness they don't rap about honesty it's and it's not just the music here in america they use negativity and disrespect as a form of power. Mm -hmm. right. So everything that we created, hip hop, so these kids should not have to be, is being celebrated now. Yeah. And what I mean by that was, there was death, destruction, and darkness in the Bronx. The Bronx was burning. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I lived in Queens. It was a little safer where I lived. At. I used to have to leave my block and walk up to the main strip to see the pimps hold pimps drug pictures and the prostitutes. The Bronx was a war zone, heroin, it was burning. But these young boys and girls who lived in hell were making such inspiration. They were telling us go to school. They were gangbangers and drug dealers saying not to gangbang and not to sell drugs. So for me, that blew my mind. Cool Mo D was in a group called the Treacherous Three. Mm -hmm. And at the time it was Mo D, Melly Mel, they made the message. Uh, Africa Bambana and Zulu Nation made Planet Rock. Yeah, our lives are shit. 
but we have a vision that there could be a world where everybody's together and we're not fighting and everybody's eating. That's a big vision to have. So that was impressive to me. I thought I was all Mr. Smarty Pants, Catholic school kids, straight A's. These kids had nothing and still had the same things that I had. Yeah. So when I started making my records, one of the things that I wanted to make the world understand, even in a dirt poor ghetto, there's goodness. It's the good things that um, are the most powerful. Like when I came along, my first rhyme was about me going to St. John's University. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, I, that's your first rhyme, right? Because hip hop is about keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what so you were doing me, right there. I, I don't sell drugs. I ain't gonna rhyme about that. I could have wrote about. I could have put on a gang signs and all yeah. that shit and, and, and fronted my way through. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. was like, no. let me rhyme about what I wanted to be. So when I did that, the kids that were selling drugs and in gangs, when my record dropped, and this was out, this is just radio play Friday and Saturday night. Yeah. When my record dropped, the kids in my neighborhood came to me, Darren, how the hell? Do you rap in hip hop for the streets and you go to St. John's University? So now I'm able to give dialogue with them. Yeah, I went to Catholic school my whole life. I was a straight A student, this and that. And they're like, man, you got a big ass gold chain and you got a Mercedes Benz and you got <laughs> Adidas and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So that inspired some of the dudes actually told me, yo, D, man, I went and got a GED just because you said it. Wow. That's cool. And with the GED, I was able to take courses at the community college. Wow. And now I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a journalist, I'm a playwright. Now, so we what, knew that positivity was yes, gangster. That's so true. And because I think that was also the appeal to run DMC. Is yes. that it was like I like we didn't I, curse. Yeah, I found you. I was a I was a fifth grader, I think, yeah. when I discovered you guys. And I could listen to the music and it wasn't like, you know And our our attitude was hard as hell. Though. Yeah. yeah that, see, that's it. That's the thing too, especially yes. like right. I could speak for like when you're a young boy you you're really drawn there's a part of you that get, that wants to be aggressive yeah you want to be tough exactly but like you know um nwa's like like busting nuts and killing yeah, bitches fuck the and, bitches and, 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 <laughs> and, hoes, yeah, and like fucking hoes too short shooting and killing yeah. and shit like that which but, is cool right. you know, look right. i like which that cool. too yeah. but the cool thing was like 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 beast to the rhyme yeah. you know is that is such an aggressive record yeah. and it feels i don't know there's something like visceral that you feel powerful. Ice-T always said we took, um, mm. we made positivity gangster. That's, yes, that's a good way of doing that's it. Yeah. Like, because the same way, you know, um, the same way an art, a rap artist or a rapper or MC will rhyme about shooting this and, yeah. like rappers rhyme about how much dirt they do, how yeah. much drugs they sell, how many women they slept with and all of that, which is all cool. Yeah. This and that, but I, I looked at that and said with that sick, because I was always a good guy. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So well, you want to be the hero. You want to be Superman. Ah, right. So the yeah. same way they rhymed about that, I'm like, I made a record about Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas time <laughs> in Hollis, Queens. Yeah, Mom's cooking chicken in collard greens. Yeah. Rice is stuffing, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> like I wanted to say, motherfucker, man, Santa Claus, bitch. Yeah. But I said no. I don't. I don't, the, I don't need to curse dude. or be profane. No, you to, didn't. Um, but we play Christmas in Hollis is a staple in our house every Christmas. Also, in my opinion, that is the greatest Christmas song of, of all time. All That's time. my favorite. People Christmas starting song. to say that now. They yeah, say, yo, the it used to just be. One guy told me, look, it used to just be Ben Crosby and Nat King Cole. Yeah. Those were the two stay on what um Ben Crosby's was um um I'm dreaming yeah. Yeah. of a white oh yeah. And or chestnuts roasting on and on. No, it was on. Now shit. it's dun 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 dun
but it was all pretend. Right. I didn't know it was manifest. What really made me want to be the king of rock. And then, you know, when I did my 86, I did son of Bifrit, brother of Al. <laughs> Banner's my mother. I was sitting there one day and I was like, Thor is the son of Odin from Asgard. <laughs> he got a brother named Loki. This true story. He got a hammer. That's Thor in the Marvel Universe. And I said, in this universe, I'm Daryl. I got a father named Bifred. My brother name is Alfred. <laughs> and I got a mic. So I said, I'm going to become son of Bifred, brother of Al. Banners my mother and runs my pal. It's McDaniels, not McDonald's. These rhymes are Daryl's. <laughs> Those burgers are Ronald's. I ran down my family tree, my mother. So it was me pretending to be this super-powered individual Whoa. in this universe of hip-hop. That was my thing. I had no idea. King of Rock, I had no idea they was going to start calling me King. Dude. And it was all it was all, it was all from comic books. And Imaginations. Like, this right here. Yeah, graphic novel. I put out a graphic novel comic oh book gosh. three years ago. That's amazing. Where it's DMC, but in that world, I'm not a super-powered rapper. Yeah. I'm a... I'm actually a teacher yeah. who has superpowers running around fighting all the bad guys. It's oh, unbelievable. So great. Yeah. Do you know, by the way, um, I always wonder this about, about hit songs. And yeah. like, is there, do you feel like, like Hollis or Mary Mary or Beach of the Rhyme or whatever, any of these songs, do you ever leave and you're like, I don't know, like maybe it'll be our, like maybe it'll be well received, or do you feel like when you're not done? In, well, for me, I, it was never from the song standpoint. For me, it's when I do this shit live. You can tell it. Motherfuckers ain't going to want to get on the mic. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to curse. Yeah. <laughs> like his plan, it's like, you know, it's tricky to rock a rhyme. I wanted to make records at eight years old that I could still do at 80 mm -hmm. the same way that I made it when I was eight. Now, I wanna you know what I'm saying? A lot, of, yeah. a lot of hip hop songs, like a lot of hip hop songs, the dudes don't even look right rapping them now. Yes. Right. right. They're not, My, they don't I wanted up. to make music that was timeless because yeah. I was influenced by Dylan and Croce and songwriters. Songwriters. Now, yeah. if, if I would have made gangster rap records, if I would have made those type of records, like, listen, I got a many, million rhymes about all that shit for all of you rappers out there that don't think I could fucking be harder than all your punk motherfuckers. <laughs> Brass Monkey. Yeah. Yeah. By the Beasties. Brass Monkey. Yeah, yeah. That funky. I got this rhyme that's more than real. When that was actually my rhyme. What? About Old English. 40 ounce Old English. Uh -huh. Yeah. I had a rhyme, but I knew... I can't do a rhyme about old English because all the kids will want to drink it because I'm oh. cool. If I, I did a song about my sneakers, look what happened. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? No curls, no braids, peasy head and still get paid. I am the reason why Yeezys can get made. Like we made that record. Now motherfuckers can get sneaker deals. I started re realizing my power. <laughs> yeah. Like I thought this shit was playtime and pretend make believe shit. I fucking tapped into something. So I knew I had to watch my thing, but I had this rhyme about, I had rhymes about weed, I had rhymes about sex and this and that. Yeah. But for me, I wanted to be so stronger on a whole different level. I, didn't, I don't need, and I don't need to do fucking 16 bars. Yeah. yeah, those were the best 16 bars. My career is D got the best four lines ever. Yeah. King of rock, there is yeah. none higher. What yeah. does none higher? There's nobody. That's it. I don't have to explain that shit. No, no. The yeah. king of rock that I tell kids that they go, there's none higher, Mr. McDaniel. Yeah, yeah. But I had a rhyme. I got, because um, I, I, I'm very, I've been sober 14 years, though. Mm -hmm. But 
Old English was my favorite thing next to comic books. Uh-huh. The 40 ounce of Old English? <laughs> sure. oh I was drinking a case a day. <sighs> a case? Yeah. What? It's bad. We'll talk about that. Well, I was yikes. drinking a case I want to ask I you this pancreat, I had um, acute oh. pancreatitis. My life was yeah. fucked up for Old English. It's not good. But I was taking the Old English because I thought it, because I'm shy. Hmm? Well, I'm not shy no more. I realize I don't need a substance to give me courage. Right. But the old English was my courage. I had a rhyme. I got this rhyme that's more than real. When you drink old English, here's how you feel. You reach in the freezer for a 40 ounce or a 32 ounce, whichever counts. You feel each bottle for the one that's cold. It's got to be cold when you're drinking old gold. But you might take the one that's hot. You got to get it hot. That's all they've got. A dollar fifteen. It's a long time ago. That is the price. That's not too much if you want to get nice. You pay your money. You walk out the door. Then you say to yourself, I remember that store. You look around for a place to stand with a 40 of old English in your hand. You crack the court. You put it to your lip. You tilt it slightly and you take a sip. Now, by now, you should know the deal because that one sip you already feel. You feel bold. You try to guzzle. You finish it off. But it ain't no puzzle. And then I've had something. Um. Jesus, man. You drink 140, then you drink 10 more. Oh, my life. You find yourself going back to the dead. Now that place is your favorite store. So I had all, I had rhymes about guns and, and you all really that stuff were like that. drinking that much at one point. Yeah, really. Jesus. I want to ask really. you this before I forget. Yes. So, because I, I have remember. two questions yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, Very important, hard hitting right. sure, questions. Make sure you're right. too. Yeah. Um, so, this is what I want to ask, though, because I, I, I think it resonates with anybody. You know, you remember being in college and your parents. So yeah. when you're like, I'm going to go on this tour, and your mom's like, motherfucker. And, and, you know, she flips <laughs> I out. I like that she curses at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, so no. you know, it's a $1,500 <laughs> gig. Obviously, with time here, a few years go by, you become run DMC. Yes. And you're doing Officially. fucking arenas and music yep. videos. Like, so take me to like, what is your parents' reaction to like their son becoming a worldwide superstar? They didn't see it as a worldwide superstar. No? My, right. Even to walk this wait time. For them, it was the for 83 of this shit going to end. Oh, it didn't. Okay, 84, this shit's going to end. <laughs> oh, oh, really? 84, this shit's got to end. Yeah. It just never did. Yeah. Jesus. They was waiting for the shit. They was telling me, save your money, which I didn't do too good. I brought a $50,000 sound system in my fucking truck that never worked. Die, Gold die. chain. This stupid shit. Like I like crazy that shit. Stuff. But you should get more parents, of that For my parents, they did. Gold they, chains, Lamborghinis. Um, It wasn't until, I would say, for my parents, it probably wasn't until the gold chain, yeah. It probably wasn't until the 90s where they knew that we were something special. That long? Jeez. Yeah. The 90s. I, rem- I yeah, remember. It, had, it got to the point where now we're pioneers and legends. Now my mother and father, 84 is going to end, 85, 86. So by the time I got to the 90s, they looked back and said, oh, my God, my All son. All this time, did. yeah. Because that whole time, they worried. Yeah, the whole and time. They're not thinking show, but they're worried. Save your money and stuff like that. People are, you got any regrets? I said, yes. I would, uh, the only regret I have is I want to spend so much fucking money on Coke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the only one. But you know, not you know, you make a record it flops. I li- I like the journey. Yeah, yeah. Failing yeah. is good. I like oh, that's bullshit. I like the mess part of the careers. It's the ups and downs and shit. But you know, I spent I probably spent like a half a million dollars on coke. On coke, Jeez. and only in the eighties though, not crack. I knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could never get in a free basin and stuff like that. But, but coke, yeah. But it was only a period from like eighty four to eighty seven, eighty eight, where the coke was really good. I talked this with <laughs> certain individuals in show business. We it's a bad thing to say, but we yeah. sit there. There was a period in the eighties where. The Coke was really good. Yeah. Around that Miami Vice time show, yeah. the Coke was so, and Coke, it was everywhere. It was so, every, the record parties, 
Everywhere you went, it was Coke. You know, play my record. Here's some, here's, here's an eight some ball. Coke. Here's some Coke. Every, but that's when it was good. And then crack came and just destroyed everything. Yeah. yeah but yeah. for me, it, it was never, for my parents, it was never, they didn't realize what I had done till that ride was accomplished. I, I just had a flashback of like, being in, we moved a lot and we lived in Plymouth, Minnesota for a while, being in the basement of that house and getting uh, like my boom box and just playing uh, Mary Mary like over and over. Which brings that's, me, a, that's a monkey which song. Which brings yeah. me to my next, yes. my next question, who's uh-huh. Mary? I've been fucking Mary, thinking about yeah. this bitch my whole life. Yeah, Mary, Mary. Who the fuck is Mary Mary? A lot of Marys in the world hate that yeah. song because yeah. their whole life was Mary, why are It was a monkey song. I didn't Mary, know that. Mary, Mary, the monkeys. Yeah, we sampled the monkeys where... <laughs> So Rick Rubin said it said it was Mary, Mary, where are you going to? So Rick Rubin said, flip it and say why you're bugging. Yeah. He so, said that. Yeah, yeah. It was Mary, Mary was um, a, um, a monkey song. Tricky is actually my Sharona mixed with Tony Basil's Hey Mickey. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow yeah. my mind. Hey, Mickey. Da-goom. Da- hey, Mickey. Mick. Yeah, See, hip hop has a ab- habit of. Um, we didn't invent shit. We reinvented everything. Right, right, right. So for us, my thing was fine, and this is what the early hip hop has taught me: find melodies from those folk songs and those classic rock songs that you could turn into yours over some badass beats. Yeah, and that did. But see, it was different. We studied the people. We didn't just steal the music, though. We studied who we sampled. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like. To be inducted into some rock and roll hall of fame is cool because I used to steal everything from them motherfuckers. Right, right. <laughs> like, I, there's no way they letting us in. Yeah, yeah, like I'm bad. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's no way. And when we got inducted in 2009, the, 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 the heads of the to, um, rock and roll hall of fame called me, Daryl, come in. We have to tell you something. Because it was me and Run, because Jay had passed yeah. away already. Yeah. You guys were prophetic. I was like, what you talking about? It was like, in 1985, you did a video about you getting, be, being denied entry into the rock and roll hall of fame and you fucking crashed the door. And you pull the plug on Jerry Lee Lewis, throw the hat on the Beatles. We take Michael Jackson's glove. It's in a video yeah. for the whole world to see. Off his stand in all of his glory. Run throws it on the ground and there's a close-up of my Dita stepping on it. They said, y'all did that video in the Rock and Roll of Fame didn't start till 86. Wow. So now you got the whole thing with rap shouldn't be in here. And I remember when Gene Simmons was saying what he said. I always have a habit of saying shit that make everybody curse me out. Yeah. Like, I don't have a lot of followers. I don't get a lot of likes and views. But this day, I was like, oh, I can agree with what Gene Simmons is saying. My time, motherfucker, fuck you, Daryl. Fuck you, motherfucker. That's why I never liked you and I like run better. Fuck your motherfuckers in there. But Gene Simmons said the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, true story, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was originally for rock bands. Uh-huh. But if, if Gene Sim- Simmons is saying that, so then it should be the Rock and Roll of Fame for rock, so-called rock and roll bands. Then you got to have an annex for soul music, but... That means James Brown don't get in. Yeah. That means yeah, this and it. The Rock and Roll of Fame told me this. If you play a fucking flute, mm-hmm. right, no drums, no kid. If you play a fucking flute, right, Tom, if you play a flute, yeah, and you fucking sell out the Coliseum, you're a yeah. fucking rock star. Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's what they're basing on. But I can understand what Gene Simmons said because they don't play fucking instrument. And His we, whole thing, well, Gene's thing for people that don't know was just that. The like, musician thing, the band yeah. thing, you know, rock yeah. started with the band thing, but. You gotta let the, the people think Run DMC, this is another thing I hate. They think that we was the first for everything, but not everything. Grandmaster Flash in the first five is the first to be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because of the message. Mm-hmm. That record is so, 
that shit is right up there with Led Zeppelin, Paul McCartney, all of that shit. Broken glass. Every, the sound of it, that shit yeah. is a fucking work of art. So it deserves to be in the Rock and Roll of Fame. So when we went in, people, most of the rock guys that do have a beef with fake ass rappers getting in, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's real funny. Yeah. Let's see what happens when the fake ass rappers yeah. start getting in. Yeah. But they said, run DMC, get a pass, because here's what's unique about us. The only thing that wasn't live, Mr. Gene Simmons, was the drums. Mm. We had rock guitar. All, all my hits are rock records. Yeah. Rock box, king of rock, walk this way. That's yeah. interesting. All rock records. Tricky. Yeah. Dun, dun. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Mary so Mary, true. all my hits. Why? That's why I said I'm the king of rock. I don't want to be the king of rap. Why do you want to? Even back then, all rappers do they 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 they, they banter back and forth about who's better and stuff like that. Yeah. So I didn't want to be the king of rock. Me as a kid, my vision wasn't to be better than Melly Mel and Jay Z and Eminem. Me as a kid, my vision is to even now my vision is go i'm going for fucking mick jagger's jugular yeah. when i fucking walk in the room and it's me pretending though i'm yeah. really not just me michael jackson better fucking bow i'm i'm really thinking that hey. but when i get in the room i ain't gonna say that yeah but i'm in but I'm i like saying it. Yeah, yeah michael that's why we said um <laughs> um the original rhyme on king of rock was iller than iller there's no one chiller Fuck Michael Jackson in his bullshit thriller. But Ooh. on the record, we had to say it's not Michael Jackson and this is not thriller. Wow. I originally wrote my rhymes like that. I, I wrote a lot of rhymes with the fucking I'm the Hulk combined with Thanos. Yeah. Because wow. Thanos beat the Hulk up in Infinity War, which killed me. I don't, I don't like nobody that did that. Yeah. But there was a reason Thanos is still Titan and this and that. But when the Hulk got his ass kicked in that. You're so like, now, man. when I was on the mic, I was Hulk, Thor, and Captain America combined. So now, at this point in my life, I'm Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and Thanos. Mm. But I'm a nice Thanos. Mm. So that, you know, my, 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 we are all products of pop culture. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. when you look at me, I'm not just my Adidas and walk this way. I'm Fred Flintstone. Yeah. I'm the Munsters. I'm the Jetsons. I'm my dream. I'm all of this stuff. That's who I am. So I draw from those things. Even now at 55, because it was so important to my Did life. Did you, by the way, was it um, like God, calculated? You're huh? You're young. Yeah. yeah I'm you're not really, that much older. I'm not. I'm 55 years old. Like I'm really young. Yeah. Were the glasses a calculated thing, or are those the glasses you were wearing? You know, no, mean, the I, big ones? Well, I used to walk around blind until Run said, yo, you should wear your glasses. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was that simple. Dude. I only used to wear them in school and when I was in I house. I love those glasses. I was ashamed great. of them. I was ashamed of them. Mm-hmm. You were? But then you I made them cool. Isn't that crazy? Them. Yeah, right. You and, made them cool. No, which, which is cool. That's why I tell kids. Your weakness, the thing they put yes. picking on you and bullying. Why are they picking on you? That's you shine, motherfucker. Yes. Yeah, because you're Cause sticking out. My whole life yeah. was. I mean, I may. I always tell people, go home and ask who in hip hop made glasses cool. Right. Oh. Right. They're gonna say me. Because what did I say? D's for doing it all of the time. M's for the rhymes. That all mine. C's for cool, cool ass can be. And Rum would say, why you wear those glasses? I would go, so I can see. <laughs> do you I ever, didn't wear them to be cool and famous. I wore them because they were wearing them. Have you seen a, do a Google search for just DMC glasses? Well, I think yeah. I'm wearing a version Dude, of them right now, right? I'm thinking I, I might have to go into, I might have to go into. Um, Eyewear. Yeah, so, I think everybody's you should, bro. Yep, there they go. That's there them. they are. Yep, look. Shit and look, the guy dope. looking like me and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Run used to hate that because every image of hip hop is always me. 
Oh, well, now right. hold on. All of the images like is DMC <laughs> with the glass and the chin. Not Let's Jay, go. not Run. Run used to always hate that because he was the lead of the group. Yeah, yeah. But let me ask you about the logo, which is possibly one the most iconic oh, logo yeah. in the crazy. world. It's fantastic. How the fuck did we you guys need come it, with we that? We needed one and we wanted to just be something that was simple. Clean. So always. Say Adam. Say Adams, who was also the um, art director for the Beastie Boys out of Rush uh-huh. Management. Say Adams came up with... Originally, it was going to be Run DMC linear, flat. Yeah. But Say flipped it. He put the run on top of the DMC and added the bars. So originally, it was just going to be Run dash DMC like you see on on the cover of the albums or something. How about all the uh, people that mimic it? You know, like everybody. Oh, no. It's it's, it's, it's great. And now, you would think that it would ruin us. Cause it's so bootlegged and yeah. so yeah. run race, run vote, run Obama, yeah. whatever. It, run chicken, run ball. It's your, the dogs now go online. The dogs are wearing the shirts and all that. But people told me it's now one of probably the third, the, the, the bigger iconic um, logos. McDonald's and Coca-Cola. 100%. And Run DMC is right up there with us. 100%. We don't even, we don't even have products. Well, you know, back in the 80s, that band Black Flag, they Black have Flag, just a yeah. symbol of four bars. And it was easy for kids to, to tag it. it. That's so dumb. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. then skateboarders Yo, would I just, like, I can't tag believe, it up. I can't That's believe we don't perfect. have a Run YMH shirt. <laughs> you you got to have one. You got to make one. But that's Definitely. great because I remember drawing the these on my love books. It because you know? it's just cool. I mean, and it's cool. We, Look, right? Well, we had Didn't no you do idea, it as a kid? Look, DMC just endorsed it. We're fucking doing you it. You can do it. Yeah, you God, can do it. Definitely guys. do it. For sure. That's um, All right. I want to jump ahead to something, though. So, uh-huh. like, obviously, um, you guys, you know, go on to become just these massive stars. And because we were talking before about mm. the book. And you're mentioning, like, Ten drinking. ways not to commit suicide. Yeah. yeah it all caught up with me. Um. 1993, mm-hmm. in the 80s, we changed the world. Right. So because we changed the world, we had a whole new fertile ground for everybody to follow. So 90s hip-hop is now taking off. Right, you know exploding. Biggie Crazy Smalls groups, Biggie Nas, Smalls, Tupac, Wu-Tang, Nas, yeah. Wu, everything. Jay-Z, everybody's coming. And not only that, Corn, Limp Biscuit, Kid Rock. Kid Rock said, run DMC and Aerosmith had a baby and I popped out. Yeah. Corn, Limp Biscuit, all of that exploding. So now we're in the game, but we used to be the it. Right. But we still respect it. Yeah. You know, we're pioneers, everybody showed Biggie, Pac, Puffy, all showing us love. But we're not on MTV no more. We're not on the radio. Pete Rock, CL Smooth, mm-hmm. they reminisce. Yeah. They kill him. Naughty by Nature's killing. Q Tip Drive killing. Pete Rock produces us a song called Down with the King on a new album that we're putting out in 1993. Pete Rock produced this. He hates when I say this, but this is true. Pete Rock has produced so many amazing So many, he's great. If yeah. not one of the, if not the greatest, it's yes. debatable, producer ever. He produces the song Down With The King Force, which does for Run DMC what people say Walk This Way did for Aerosmith. It brought us back. Down With The King yeah. in the 90s and now every week, oh, too. Now the, the motherfuckers is really scared to get on the mic. Yeah. Because we back in the 80s, as soon as that record dropped, I woke up wanting to kill myself. Paydays was bigger. We was headlining. We was opening. We was opening for Pac and Biggie, opening for um, Naughty My Nature, busting everybody's ass. People realizing we cannot put them on a show with anybody. Go on tour yourself. So life is good. Now it's the 90s. We get 90s payday now. Because mm-hmm. usually the 80s guys get lower paydays because they used to be hot. So you got 
Now we getting the nineties payday. I woke up and it was just something inside of me. It was this void in me. And everybody was pioneer legend down with there. I'm taking the tours. I had the I had rhyme of the year where I said, um, um, only G-O-D could be a king but me. If and if the G-O-D be in me, then oh shit, DMC's the best ever. All of that. Nah, I wanted to kill myself. And it got to the point where I sat there one day and it was just the dread of life on me. And I was like, oh shit, what the fuck is going on? Okay, calm down. I'm Daryl McDaniels from Hollis, Queens, New York. Bifert's my father, Banner's my mother, Alfred's my brother, Running Jay are my friends. I made it to St. John's University. We made one fucking record, it was a hit. We made another record, it was a hit. We made an album, we went gold. Plus, I went through my whole life, my Adidas deal. So why I'm down with the King of Zell, why am I feeling like this? I didn't know what it was. The void got so uncomfortable that I wanted to take my life because I couldn't live with mm. it. It was so painful. It was like, what the fuck is this? I don't want to live no more. So I was getting ready to jump off a roof in Yugoslavia. And right when I was getting ready to jump, something said, stop, wait, you can't jump yet. Because people know the DMC story. It's two books on us behind the music. Mm -hmm. Or you go Wikipedia and Google me. But nobody knows the little boy Daryl who made this DMC thing possible. So before I kill myself, I want to write a book. And I want to go, what's up, world? I'm Daryl McDaniels from the groundbreaking rap group Run DMC, Blasey Blades, Hollis, Queens, New York. I was born May 31st, 1964. And when I got to that part of my identity, I was like, oh, I know my birthday, but I don't know no details. So I said, I'm going to call my mother up just to get some more details, just to make it more interesting for the reader. So I call my mom's up and I go, hey, mom, I'm right. And I didn't go, I'm about to kill myself. <laughs> She'd have yeah. lost it. Yeah. Or she might have cursed me out. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker, you better not fucking kill yourself. <laughs> Bust your way. Okay, I'm going so I go, Ma, how much did I weigh? She told me. What time I was born? She told me. What hospital? She told me. Hung up the phone. Hour later, I hang up. Hour later, my mother and father calls back. At this point in my life, I'm an alcoholic, suicidal, metaphysical, spiritual wreck who don't know what the fuck is going on with me that's about to scale itself. We have something else to tell you. So I thought it was going to be something simple, like, yo, it was a snowstorm and the power went out and they still gave birth to you. They hit me yeah. with this. 1993, depressed suicidal well you was a month old when we brought you home and you're adopted but we love you bye click what what yeah damn yes so you can imagine what happened to my whole being right then and then <sighs> crushed bad timing crushed so jack daniels and um jim bean become my friends I'm fucking drinking 24-7. You're drinking a bunch of OE, you said? No, too, right? no. This, this, I had stopped drinking the OE in um, 91. Oh. Because I got acute pancreatitis and I almost died. And when I got out there, I was in a hospital for a month and a half. This is what happened. I was in a hospital for a month and a half. And the doctor said, son, you cannot be drinking a fucking case of old English a day. You have two choices. When you get out this hospital, you can drink and die or not drink and live. So for cold turkey, I stopped drinking. When I Fuck. found out that I was adopted, I started drinking again, this and that, just now I'm going to kill myself, all of this. But then something happened with the revelation of you're adopted because then I found out I was a foster kid. You had and no then, idea. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mother and father was like, we think you might be Dominican and <laughs> all of this. So I'm dealing with all of that. And then some inside me said, yo, I got I to gotta find out what, what this is all about. So that was a catalyst to get me to go to rehab mm -hmm. and stop drinking. 
And the thing that made me stop drinking was this. A famous, when I found out that I was adopted, I felt alone, felt isolated, felt something wrong with me. Like little kids, why this, why this? Am I not yeah. good enough, this and that? Why I can't be with? But I had the best mother and father ever because even my therapist said, motherfucker, you rhymed about them all through your whole fucking career. Yeah. So your spirit and your being knew who your mother and father was. You just had this other mystery. But the thing that bring, brought everything together was a famous adopted lady who wasn't celebrity. We just said she's famous because what she said. She said the reason why an adoptee or an orphan or a foster kid should search for their biological parents besides medical. Now, you got to understand, my father, Bifer, was diabetic. So from when I was summer jobs all the way up to college, when I filled out a form, I would mark diabetic because mm. of, but that's not true. That's not yeah. true for me. So I had the void was me being reborn yeah. through Pete Rock, and the universe is telling me, motherfucker, there's something you need to know, some superhero shit. So the the lady said the reason why. Now you don't have to. At first, I didn't want to do it. No, I'm a bifurcate and band as my mother, father. But in the back of my mind is, who is my birth mother? Where did I come? Who's my father? All of these other questions, but. A lot of times we're safe if we don't go that route. Yeah. But this lady mm. said, the reason why you should do it is because of this. And I said, what? And she said, I never said this. This blew my mind. Oh, you want to write a book, motherfucker? You never start a book from chapter two. See mm. those books behind you? You don't pick the book up and start reading. For yeah. Daryl McDaniels, the third member of Run DMC, all of that, that void came at the rebirth of my power to let me know I was living my life from chapter two. That's why I was doing all the drinking. Yeah, There was something with the old English 40s I was trying to fill. But I didn't find none of that out until I went to rehab. So I said, okay, let me go get sober so I could deal with all of this. I, really, I didn't want to, when I went to rehab, I discovered the most powerful thing that I ever did in my life besides make my Adidas and walk this way. I discovered therapy. Mm -hmm. I discovered this thing Praise called therapy Jesus. and a lot of men Love it. You know what I'm saying? And it's men in general. A lot of black men, all these black motherfuckers are friends. Y'all yeah. motherfuckers ain't tough or nothing like that. Y'all dealing with some shit that y'all think is a weakness that right. you should deal with because if you deal with it, it's your strength. I went to therapy. Mm. Changed your life. The first question my therapist had, I was 35 years old when I went in. And he came in with his clipboard and his doctor suit. I was 35. He probably was like 46, 47, maybe 50. White guy. He sits down, glasses just like yours. He sits down and he says, Daryl. During your career with Run DMC, did anybody ever do anything to make you angry? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, nah. <laughs> he said, true story, he put his clipboard down, he stood up, he took off his doctor smock, because he, he wanted to come at me real. He sat down, he looked me in my eyes, he said, you a goddamn motherfucking liar. <laughs> and when he said that to me, yeah, man, in 1985 <laughs> when Joe did this, I was diagnosed uh, with suppressed emotions. The reason why oh, I became yeah. alcoholic was I was scared to tell people how I felt. Yeah. Because mm. when I was given up for adoption, there was a primal wound where I want to be accepted. Subconsciously, I did not want to be given away again. There's a book called The Primal Room. Mm. But I forgot the lady's name. I know a professor. It's a lady. It starts with a V. But she said, when I was given away, because I'm with my birth mother for nine months. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm given away... Your spirit is too long. They go, what are you doing? I want to be with my mother. You're scarred by that. Of course. So when I went to therapy, I looked back. I'm OCD. I'm very neat. I always want to be in control, and mm -hmm. I always want people to like me. Mm. 
So my, my therapist said, D, you had the power 20 years ago not to fall down and stay in the catacombs of depression. I said, what do you mean by that? If anybody ever does something about you, it's okay to speak up. Like people say, okay, D, if that's the case, what, what with Run DMC, there was a lot of records I made that I didn't want to make. Mm-hmm. And people, they, 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 they call out the good ones, but Missy Lane, Ragtime, the whole Back From Hell album, which was a fucking disaster, you know, and then, you know, more power to it. It was a thing where I was a follower, but I was following for the wrong reasons. I was a following to being accepted. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I wouldn't have made that record that way, but I didn't want to hurt JM Runs. I didn't want to cause no commotion. I didn't want them to say your problem. So it's, it's mental. It's of all course. mental. So I was diagnosed with suppressed emotions. Because mm. my therapist said, yo, when you was writing your rhymes, not high on OE, that's when you wrote all your good shit. I didn't think about that. You never thought of that. I never thought about that. And he said, what, where, where was you drawing your courage from? I didn't remember my comic books until I went to therapy. Mm. Old English replaced the imagination that I was getting from Marvel, yeah. which made me write a rhyme about anything so good than anybody. But I was drinking the old English saying, I got to be this, this, I need this for the courage. So when I got out of rehab, what had happened was, I was in rehab and therapy this whole time. My partner, Run, he had 10 years of a successful TV show, Run's House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 10 years, and people would tell me, first season came on, they waiting for DMC to show up. Oh, he ain't show up this season, <laughs> yeah. next season, next year. No. 10 years, I ain't show up there. There's no beef with me and Run. Because imagine what happened to me. Um, I got acute pancreatitis. I got depressed. I found out that I was adopted. Um, Jam Master J got shot and killed. Mm. Then my father died. I had a lot to deal. It's a lot, with. Mm-hmm. lot to deal with. A lot to deal with. Fortunately, I found um, therapy on the third one. Yeah. So I was able to deal with all these other things. So when I got out of rehab and therapy, I'm walking the world now, and people always go, "Yo, we never see you because I'm not on TV." You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows where the LD was at. What's up with you? What's the you and Run got a problem? No, me and Run are the best of friends. I love him, but he's a fucking TV star now. Yeah. So what's up with what you're doing? Oh, I just got out of rehab. And I would say that, and you would see people. Now, yeah. it ain't no DMC Run shit. So what? What's that about? And I would tell him, yo, I was drinking a case of Onions a day. Jack Daniels and Jim Beam was my friend. I found out that I was adopted. I was suicidal. What? Really? And I would sit there and tell these people this. This kept happening. Yo, DMC, man, could you come talk to my father because he. Mm. Yo, DMC, could you come talk to my daughter because she. Like, it was crazy. And I found myself going to speak to people. And they was like, yo, you put it out just so nonchalant. I said, yo, I'm hip hop. I got to keep it real. I'm not going to front judge. Where you been at last in there? You know, I'm in Hollywood. You know, I was like, I just got out of rehab. Listen that. I started telling my truth. Good for you for doing that. Which was so powerful. Mm -hmm. And putting the book out, too. And then I was doing that so much in there. All the people, I was just talking to people, and they was like, yo, D, you should write a book. And I was like, no, because I will not capitalize off an unfortunate <laughs> situation. You know what I'm saying? Sell yeah. some books, make some money. They said, nah, D, man, you, I know you ain't that type of guy, but he said, with a book, you can reach so many people without even being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I put out a book called 10 Ways Not to Commit Suicide, which goes into detail everything that I just talked Wait, about. I got to ask, because you, were, you became aware of it you know, surprisingly later in life. When mm-hmm. you found out you were adopted, yeah, did yeah. you pursue finding your, you know, your biological? Uh, not till parents? 2004. Found out that I was adopted in 97, and it took 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2000. 
took seven years, eight years for me to get the courage. And that just came mm. about where when I first found out that I was adopted, I didn't know any other adopted people. So that was a hell in itself. Yeah. I was walking around here. I was all right and I was in therapy, but I was still a mess. But the beautiful thing, I didn't have to drink. But it was it's hanging over me. So when I met some other adopted people, a matter of fact, I got to meet a nice young lady from L.A. named Sheila Jaffe. And if you want to know who Sheila Jaffe is, she was, she's one of the greatest casting directors out here in L.A. Uh, Entourage, Sopranos, Mark Wahlberg, John, just to name a few. So um, I got to meet Sheila Jaffe, and I didn't feel alone no more. So she introduced me to other adoptees here in L.A. They mm -hmm. was like, oh, D, by the way, um, we do an adoption anonymous thing. I was like, what, what the hell is that? Once a month, we just go in a room and we talk. No therapist, no, we just told people, you could be angry, you could cry, whatever. Cool, set chains, I'm sitting there. But at these meetings, they was like, are you dying? And no, nope, I don't wanna know, not, nope, this and that. So with a little instigation from Sheila and my other adoptive friends, they was like, yo, you wanna find your birth mother? We know a, a private eye lady who started a private eye service specifically for adoptees. Like she can go CIA and Russia and all that, her service is specifically for, specifically for adoptees. So I used this private eye lady in 2004, and she comes back to me. Your mother, she lives in Staten Island. She drives a silver Honda Accord. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. And uh, Christmas, no, Thanksgiving of 2004, I knocked on the door, <gasps> and the door opened up, and it was my birth mother. And I found two brothers and a sister that I didn't know I had. And it's funny, it was the first time in my life that I saw somebody related to me that looked exactly like me. Because <laughs> right. all before I was trying to you know, fit in, you know, trying yeah. to put two and two together. Okay, I look like Aunt Catherine and Donnie and Samantha, but I look yeah. nothing like my mother and father growing up. Yeah. My brother Alfred, he looks like fucking Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at me, but yeah. the what, love what? they gave me, there was no way I wasn't a McDaniels. So wait, so what, what was the reason your mother gave you up? Did you get to ask her? Yeah, the oh, questions? in a meeting, and, and you know, and it's, it was fine. I was sitting there, so she says, I know you're dying to know why I gave you up. Yeah. I was like, shit, lady, that's an understatement. Yeah. yeah. She hit me with this. She said, I gave you up to give you a chance. Because mm. what had happened was my brother was born three years prior to her. My mother was living in um, Hamilton Heights in the Washington Heights area. Mm -hmm. So that's why my parents thought I was Dominican. Dominican, yes. Mm -hmm. Super Dominican. Mm -hmm. Big Dominicans. Are so my mother and father, you know, my doctor parent, we think you might be Dominican because all they knew was this young girl couldn't keep you and gave you up, um, mm -hmm. I think, through the Catholic services. So she was and young and she So she had my brother. Yeah. She had my brother when she was 18. Mm -hmm. And she, my brother was raised by her and her family. So my father moved them from New York City to Staten Island and said, don't go back and see that boy and come home pregnant again. She didn't listen. So she came home pregnant with me. There's no way they could keep me. So they put me up for adoption. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I had two brothers and a sister that I didn't know I had. Do you guys yeah. keep yeah, in touch? Yeah. Fortunately, yeah. 99.9 of reunions are terrible. Motherfucker, don't you never call her again. Yeah. I don't want to see your ass. I'll call the police on you. Because it's nothing wrong. I, I got to tell other adoptees, they're not mad with you. Yeah. They're mad at what your ass remind them of. Like right. a lot of mothers is reminded of the man in that time. And right. You, unless they go to therapy, they yeah. won't be able to deal with those issues. It's got to be wild. Not that it's important to this, mm -hmm. but it's got to be wild to 
see that the your you know someone you had your your son that you were, had to give up for adoption is oh no it's the wildest thing ever because right? she goes this was cool um she goes when i'm speaking to her on the phone before an in-person meeting she goes okay what do you do are you married yeah I'm married oh, I have yeah. Kids. she goes what do you do and i go i'm in the music business she said oh yeah what kind of music i go i'm a, you know i'm a rapper i make hip-hop music and she goes oh okay I go, what, what's the matter? Yeah. She said, no. She goes, um, what's the name of your group? And I go, Run DMC. And she's real quiet. I go, hello? Run DMC. I love Run DMC. Uh-huh. Some of my, this is my birth mother. She's growing up hearing my music and knowing I'm the guy. She, you know, I know all tricky and walk this way and all of That's that stuff. That's wild, man. So now, after uh-huh. that conversation, before I got to meet in person, she got to go do her work. All right, we'll meet on Thanksgiving. She got off the phone had to call up a kids. Kids, mm. sit down. I need to tell you. All something. right, I gotta tell you something. I have a kid. This and that. And you know, yeah, ma, whatever, whatever. And he's DMC. So now they really know. Yeah, ma, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, he's cool. really DMC. So she set up for a meeting. When I walked through the door, you said, "See that faces dropped." Like, oh shit! Because my older brother Mark, who I said was born before me, I had uh, it was Mark, then me. I was given up, and then she had Damon and my sister by Jahida by two other men. But Mark's whole life. 80, Mark, come here. That guy DMC could be your brother. 84, 85, stop. 86. Oh, they're always correct. telling him. Stop he got to the point it. where, stop, fuck, I don't give a fuck. DMC, come to find out, DMC's really, really your brother. That's hilarious. I mean, my brother Mark yeah, that would exactly, blow your mind. exactly like me in the 80s. Goatee, wears glasses, stop. and check this out. Get the fuck He out. could draw. He could draw too. No. Wow. My sister Johita, she's the youngest of us. I'm very OCD. You didn't see me fixing the labels here, sitting here? Like this yeah. label, I'm trying to deal with it, but the first thing to dealing with and overcoming is admit that you do it. This look, see how this is looking at me? Yeah, this yeah, one yeah. can't be like that. Oh, right. That kills me. The, right yeah, now. the controlling. You got to so control it. I got to do it. that. And my son does it all the time. He moves all the stuff uh, in the refrigerator. He got it from you. And then he sits there with my friends and so they can watch me come in. But I'm starting to learn that. Kid so, Rock taught me something very significant. I love Kid Rock. Because I'm. During my depression, he called me to Detroit. Come stay with me for three days. And he wow. just, just, you know, not no DM, just yeah. come hang out. And I'm, he introduced me to the, um, the, 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 the peanut butter and jelly ready-made things. Uh-huh. Wait, when what? When they first came out, those the peanuts, the, the smuckers, peanut butter and that jelly things. That is nasty as hell. You like no, that? I love the those. The swirl in the jar, you mean? No, no, no not the swirl. Like that's, that's nasty. That's disgusting. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. No, I'm talking about the ready-made sandwiches, the frozen oh. ones. Oh, bro. I he introduced it, but Kid Rock. Did That's something nasty. that was very therapeutic for me. He took my carry-on bag, mm-hmm. it's so neat, and he said, I'm gonna pour your bag out. And I'm, I'm sitting there, so I'm starting to sweat now thinking about it. I'm gonna pour, he said, D, pouring your bag out is not gonna kill you. So he poured my whole bag out on the ground mm-hmm. one day. And it hurt bad, but then I said, Oh shit, I didn't die. So I know that if that being like that, <laughs> it's not gonna kill it's me. Not gonna kill you. I prefer okay. it like that. Yeah. Now you're also you're playing uh in a in a band now, right? Yes, I'm in, Immortals? Uh, I'm in it. No, 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 no. Okay, let's. What happened with that was, I went to uh, Rock on the Range in Ohio. Where's Rock on the Range? The big festival, Rock on yeah. the Range, that they do every year. I was playing with, um, I was playing with um, Pop Evil. I did a remix of one of their songs, Pop Evil Trenches. So Pop Evil wanted to bring me out at Rock on the Range Festival. This was about seven or eight years ago. So I go to Rock on the Range and I'm backstage sitting with all of Rock, the metal guy, everybody, this and that. And, and Rob Dukes was singing with Exodus at the time. He was the third lead singer of Exodus. 
So he comes up to me just to tell me how cool I am and shit. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, thank you. Yo, yeah. we dig you and everybody's digging you, this and that. And he goes, yo, we should do a song together. And I go, okay. He goes, huh, what? I'm gonna hold you to that. So um, we went in the studio to do one song and it came out so good that we kept making songs and making songs and making songs. But at the end of the recording, the album, the, the band, he was singing with Exodus. Exodus fired him the day me and Rob met. The next day he got fired from Exodus. So he started a new band called um, um, Generation Kill. Okay. We was making an album called Fragile Mortals. Oh, the, okay, okay, okay. The album was called Fragile Mortals. So we made all of these songs with his Generation Kill band, but then the Generation Kill band broke up. Gotcha. But that being said, at the time, I was already working on this project called DMC, but this um, entity of DMC stands for Dynamic Musical Collaborations. So what I was doing with, I was um, recording with all my favorite punk, classic rock, and alternative artists. Um, Joan Jett. I love her. Yeah, I love her. Huge that. fan. Joan Jett, Sammy Hager, Tim Armstrong <sighs> from Rancid, Travis yes. Barker, Sebastian Bach, Rob Dukes. Um, who else is on the album? And this is all the music you love, too. Yeah, yeah. this is all the rock music Jeez. that I love. So the, the Fragile Mortals album is now not coming out because the band bands do. Gotcha. They, but you're still you're playing in that. I know you said you and Ron will still do like some like do private. Yeah, we'll, we'll do we'll do we'll do your we'll do a radio show. We'll do a festival, but it's got to be a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's not an ego thing. It's like for me and Ron to get on stage. It's like, what do you pay Kanye and Jay-Z? Oh, yeah, you have to pay us more than yes. that. Because yes. I put my fucking work, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, That's what people pay it now, because hip-hop is a billion-dollar company. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not coming for 30000 Yeah. And yeah. You, you want the Beatles of hip-hop. That's what they go. Yeah. It's yeah. your fault. Yes. You should have just said Run DMC was a good group from the 80s. Yeah. But you're going to call us the Beatles pioneer the reason why this exists, and you want me to come play your show? Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? You got to pay me Beatle Kanye West money. Hook me up with a discount for me for a private show. Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yes. I'll de definitely for you because you're my friend now. Thank yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But everybody else. Everybody yeah, else. Yes. I just Fucked. gave you the pitch. You want yeah. me and run? Check. Got to be really big. Really big. <laughs> and and now what I'm here now in LA. Um, after Jam Master J passed away, rest in peace, Jam mm -hmm. Master J. Um, I didn't want to do the same presentation that I did with Run and Jay. Right. Because that's need to be respected. People of course. It's like, you know, y'all can make record. No, we can't replace our drummer. Jay was the band, the whole right. thing. Right, So what I did now was I wanted to do a, a, different, a different interpretation of what I'm, I'm known for. So now I have a band that's called DMC and the Hellraisers from Raising <laughs> Hell, you know, the phenomenal of Raising Hell. So what we do is we do my whole catalog live. Live drums, live bass, mm. live guitar, and I still have DJ Charlie Chan, who is Jay's protege, on the turntables. Like even Sucker MCs, which is all beat. We add rock guitars there, and we how, make it harder. And how often do, do those shows play? The all the time. All, all the, the time. time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's what I do. 95% of what I do is I go to um, group homes, adoption agencies, foster oh. care agencies, and, uh, middle schools and high schools, and I speak to the kids about comic books, hip hop, and the importance of knowing something. Wow. Like, you know, I don't want to tell kids you need to go to college or you need yeah. to, education is important, but I tell them no matter what you do, you need to learn. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to learn. This was learn. like funny to me because I, I knew, like I was even saying, I go in the car today uh -huh. on the way here, I was like, 
you know, I've, I've only seen him in interviews, but I go, I'm telling you, like, DMC is a good guy. Yeah. He's one of the yeah. good guys. Everybody really want to be the bad guy. Because the bad guy, when I say everybody want to be the bad guy, but the bad guy ain't so bad. Everybody want to be the bad guy until the good guy kicks his ass. And that's one of the records that we got coming out, right? Oh, I'm sick it. and tired of being bullied. You're not going to push me around anymore. I'm going to make sure you clearly, clearly understand that into my own hands, I'm taking the law. Not bad meaning bad, but bad meaning good. Don't want to kick your ass, but I know that I should. You came to attack and I was hoping you would. Oh, it's going to be oh, crazy. Oh, shit. I love you got me it. Excited. Everybody want to be the up. bad guy. But the bad guy case ain't, is, is sad. Everybody want to be the bad guy until the good guy kicks his ass. I love yes. it. That's to everybody out there. I love yeah, it. Just, you, uh, you have skills, man. It's, a, it's, it's unbelievable. This is a treat, man. Thank you yeah, for coming. Thank no, you thank so you for much. having me on, man. This is so dope, man. I watched your stand-up, man. You had me crying. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> no, I'm like, like crying. That's when I know you're funny as a fuck. <laughs> thanks, man. I'm crying. I'm that's... saying, my wife's like, what's the matter? I'm listening to Tom right now. <laughs> really a, funny. That's yeah, an honor. Definitely. Thank you, man. I want to come catch you live. I would love that. I, I feel honored. I'm very but honored. Did Mike Tyson really come and see you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he yeah. really that's did. Crazy. He really came and... Um, that's so he funny. He really man. hung out. <laughs> no, Mike's a really good guy. Yeah, man. yeah. I actually got to see him again um, a few months ago. Yeah. And he was like, people come and take Big shout out. <laughs> Big shout out to Mike. Yeah, I yeah. love Mike. Me and Mike go right back. He was with us when we played Madison Square Garden. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah, and he was champion of the world and stuff like that. Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, Eric B. and Rock, Kim, Houdini, and LL Cool J. And I was hanging out with Mike Tyson that night. That's so kinda, we have a lot in common. Yeah, that's a wild night. That's I a bet, crazy man. night. Hell yeah, yeah that's, that's crazy. That's Mike doing his thing back then. Yep, too. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, this was a blast. Yeah, um, thank you so much. Thank you for it's having amazing. me. I and just so you it. know, uh, check out obviously DMC and the Hellraisers. Check out yep. the book Ten Ways Not to Commit Suicide and the comic book and the comic. Darrow, the company is called Darrow Makes Comics. DMC. DMC. Yep. Darryl, Darryl makes, makes comics. Because I couldn't use Marvel and I couldn't use of DC. Course. So my, my man Riggs was like, Riggs Morales was actually Eminem's right-hand man over at Shady Records. Mm -hmm. And um, he's my editor-in-chief with my comic book company. What? So he said, what do you want to call your comic book company? I'm like, I don't know. Oh, DMC. Darryl makes comics because that's what it's I'm going to be doing. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fits. You're a great guy. I really enjoyed yes. this conversation, Thank you. man. Thank you for Thank having you. me on. Thank you, man. I'd go the retarded. I'd go the retarded.
Thanks, Jeans. Thank you for watching this episode of your mom's house. And if you had a great time, watch more videos here, here, here. And don't forget to subscribe here, here, here so that you will know when a your mom's house video comes out immediately. Thanks, Jeans.